0: Welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. The master is here and you still have not taken off your shoes. Every day to define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Death man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind Thank you. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast I'm your host Serial Sensei We are on episode number 172 As always you can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts Google Play, wherever you find your podcasts at We should be there Give us a look on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Instagram page. Send questions to dojotalkpodcast at yahoo.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei. And you can follow my co host on Twitter at GC Zeus. And speaking of my co hosts, once again for another week, I'm joined with the Anti Cool. What's going on, man?
1: Not much. Just chilling. Happy uh, Mother's Day belated, I guess, to all you mothers out there um, who listen to the show. Um, if you forgot and you're now listening to this later past the day we recorded it, <laughs> maybe call your mom. Yeah, like, sorry, I, I forgot um, this podcast I was listening to uh, t- reminded me, so you should probably listen to it because okay? they're pro-moms. There you go. Yes,
0: that's what we do out here. Happy, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Hopefully you have a, a nice relaxing day. It's as relaxing as one can have in a current climate, Corona life, COVID-19 life, whatever you want to call it. But happy Mother's Day nonetheless. Um, yeah, so back with uh, another episode i'm trying to figure out how i should start this because I, I i don't know if i want to do an announcement on the closing or should i get these resting well you know what let me let me get these because uh, i don't like doing these but I, I want to acknowledge people um but a couple of rest in peace uh i don't want to call them shout outs but uh, acknowledgements i guess would be in order uh rest in peace andre harrell uh we don't know who Andre Harrell is uh, gentleman he is a gentleman who back in the day founded uh, uptown records uh, he was uh, part of a rap group back in the day called dr. Jekyll and mr. Hyde um, under uptown records we don't know uptown records that included names that are not limited to uh, I'll be sure Mary J Blige Jodeci guy Tutty Riley uh, uh, heavy D I want to say in the boys Um, He was also the gentleman who discovered uh, Diddy, who of course brought in Notorious B.I.G., so on and so forth. Um, I I won't do his whole, you know, biography here, but he played a very, 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 very very integral part in music, um, to say the least. Um, He passed away at the age, he was 59 and I want to say he had, like, heart problems or something like that. But um, rest in peace, man, Andre Harrell. Legend in the music business. Uh, so rest in peace to him. Um, rest in peace to Don Shula, who is the all-time winning this uh, NFL head coach. I don't know the amount of wins he had. I don't have it pulled up in front of me. But he was the coach of the Miami Dolphins back in the day. Um, he is the only coach, and that was the only team, to ever have an undefeated season, which I want to say he capped off winning a Super Bowl against the
2: Redskins.
0: Don't quote me on that. I don't have it pulled up. But rest in peace to uh, Don Shula. Uh, Rest in peace to Little Richard, who as of this recording I want to say passed uh, yesterday. Um, Legendary rock and roll pioneer influenced everybody from the Beatles to to elton john to uh, uh who was my uh, Jimi hendrix uh the uh, james brown everybody all your favorite musicians back in the day were influenced by that man somehow you might not know it but they were um so rest in peace to little richard uh and lastly rest in peace to ahmaud arbery the uh gentleman in georgia who was unfortunately murdered while he was outside just having a jog um not really going to get into that right now because I don't want to sour my mood too much but just wanted to uh acknowledge it um kind of crazy that that happened like back in what like February and where the gentleman who like gunned him down are just now getting arrested some three months later but um yeah so that that was the thing that happened so rest in peace to uh, Ahmad Arbrey. Um, that's all I got for the sad stuff. Just wanted to uh, throw it out there. So, um, moving on. Uh, before we get started on this episode, um, sorry, it's going to be a long intro, uh, rambling soliloquy. <laughs> but um, we joked last week about uh, COVID 19 just kind of throwing off the schedule. Nobody knows. I don't know what we're doing with this podcast anymore, when I'm going to end it, but um, I have decided that this will still indeed end up being the last month, albeit it probably should have been ended right now, (laughs) but you know, things happen. life happened, Um, I was trying to just move on the fly and just kind of figure out how to move and and figure things out, so the plan, you guys, just so you know ahead of time, um, as of course today in this episode uh, we will be talking about UFC 249. Uh next week, if schedules permit, uh we're gonna try to get Joey on the podcast and we will cover we'll half cover these two cards that are coming up this week also. Uh so we have uh UFC Fight Night, I don't know what oh what, yeah, these are all these are all in Florida, right? They're all taking place in the same same spot.
1: I assume so.
0: Yeah. I think I think so. So we got one on the thirteenth. Uh, that is headlined by Anthony Smith and Glover Teixeira. And then another card uh, a few days later on the 16th, uh, headlined by Alistair Overeem and Walt Harris. Um, so we'll briefly kind of cover those cards. We're not going to go too in-depth. We'll briefly cover those cards, and then we'll... I don't know. It's going to be the last time we get to have Joey on. And shout out to Stokes. He probably won't be able to be on. He, he's got his own things going on, but... Um, Want to give him a shout out but after that we'll, we'll recap the cards and then we'll, we'll kind of just we're just gonna shoot from the hip, man <laughs> we're just gonna have a little fun just you know last time all of us maybe not the very last time but probably the last time for a while of us all being able to be on the episode together so we're gonna recap some cards for a little bit and then we're probably just gonna kind of shoot the breeze just you know we'll figure it out and then the following week or possibly the week after Uh, The cool and I will close out with our very last episode, um, which if if things go accordingly, uh, my birthday is on May 27th, and I will release the episode on the day of my birthday. And then that will be the the last uh, episode of the Dojo Talk podcast. Um, There are a few fights that will bring me out of retirement, which I guess I'll mention on the last episode but as of now by the end of this month uh this will be pretty much the end uh of the dojo talk podcast but i'll save all my shout outs and thank you just later because we're not at the end yet we still got things to cover and talk about and all that um so i've been rambling a lot so i'm, I'm gonna shut up <laughs> so to kick this uh this whole thing off if you have anything uh anti-cool Uh, What is on your mind for this week?
1: Um, So I have been kept busy by schoolwork and um, work work uh, for the past week or so. So I haven't really been mentally falling down the same quarantine hole everybody else has. So I don't really have any deep thoughts. But I am quite upset this morning because I opened this box of Quest protein bars that are supposed to have four in them. Oh. And there were only three. Mm. And I was very upset. Mm. Um, <laughs> hey, outside of that, it's been a pretty good week. I bought an office chair for my room. Hey. Or, um, so I am no longer hunched over. I'm on my computer doing this podcast. Um,
0: keep it, keep, and up, I keep also, the posture right.
1: Eh, I, mean, I mean, I'm laying back. I don't know if that's correct posture, but I got my feet up. This chair has permanent lean to it because I think I put it up wrong, but I'm fine with that because I'm against the wall. Um, And I bought a fan. So, you know, it's the little things.
0: It is. It is. I've been trying to keep track of the, the little things myself during this. Uh, treat myself to to the... The little things while we're in this quarantine. I bought myself a, a new shirt. I got, got myself a little Bruce Lee shirt and a keychain. Haven't worn it yet, but I got it. It's there. It's in the closet, so I feel good about it. Probably try to get me some shoes this week. Um, but yeah, if if you can, if you're able during this uh quarantine, you know, try to treat try to treat yourself to some so just, just the little thing You don't got to do anything major. Buy anything major. Just get get yourself a new shirt. Some new socks i don't know new new cologne something some small something to keep your your spirits lifted a little bit um that's all you got all you got for the week
1: yeah and i got a lot to say with the ufc but we, we're going to talk about that like so yeah all right
0: so i got two things on my mind for the week uh both lighthearted and i don't really have to spend a lot of time on either of these um (laughs) so the first thing on my mind this week that i just recently discovered as of yesterday um so i have a lot of not a lot but uh a few streaming services that i pay for that i don't use uh i just got rid of the zone shout out to them uh (laughs) i got tired of them sending me that email that i just you know they just took their little 9.99 or whatever from me and i was like i don't even use this So I got rid of the zone, not bringing them back probably for a long time. Um, But I do still, like, use Fight Pass every now and again. Like, as much as I trash Fight Pass, because it is still really clunky even when they updated it, um, I still do use it. There are a ton of fights on there. I like going back and reliving the WEC days or or just doing, like, little random fight research here and there. Um, But what I did not know about Fight Pass is I didn't know that they had movies. Um, They, They do? Yes, yes. So, I'm, I'm on Fight Pass yesterday. I was actually waiting for the uh, prelims to start, and that was taking forever. Um, and I scrolled down the homepage, and I see Fight Pass movies. And I'm thinking, like, at first when I scrolled, like, they have their own, like, original shows. like And they're all, like, fight-related shows, like, little countdown shows. And uh, I forgot. There's another one. I think they, they were advertising it during uh, yesterday. Uh I know you saw the commercial, right, with Nick Diaz and, um... Ah, what's the other guy's name? It's a guy that he fought way back when. And they did, like, a little animated drawing showing what happened when they fought in the cage and then they both had to go to the hospital and then I guess Nick Diaz fought him again <laughs> at the hospital and they, like, made, like, an animated drawing out of it. It's basically like a show just telling, like, MMA stories.
1: Is that KJ Nuns?
0: No, no, the... it wasn't KJ. It was...
1: Ah, I can't remember.
0: They showed that commercial, like, 20 it was times. From, it
1: was from the... It was the lead XC thing, I remember. I can't... Oh, was it Mayhem Miller?
0: No, it wasn't Mayhem. I I, I know I know the name when I hear it, but it wasn't... I, I can't remember.
1: But... God, it... I remember that answer. Hold up. Uh, The anime tales in India. Joe Riggs.
0: There we go. There you go. There you go. That's what it was. Yeah, so like that show. Like that show. But then I saw that they have movies, movies. They have old martial arts movies on Fight Pass. And the first movie that I saw on the list was... uh. Thirty-six Chamber Shaolin. And I was like, oh, okay. They they don't just have any movies. They got like some classics on here. So if you scroll through the Fight Pass like movie library, if you're somebody who enjoys like those really old school martial arts flicks, man, they had uh, Thirty-six Chamber Shaolin, Disciples of the Thirty-six Chamber. Um, I want to say they had Five Deadly Venoms, Flying Guillotine One and Two, uh, a few other movies that I had never heard of, but I'm not gonna lie, like I might have to have a little um <laughs> a little little bench session on some of those. I grew up watching a lot of those. So as much as I trash fight pass, I will give them uh will give them a thumbs up on that one. I, I thought that's that's a nice touch. I don't know how they inked that deal or how that partnership got started, but I like it. I like it. Throw the martial arts movies on a on a fight, you know, streaming service. Why not? I'm I'm not mad at it. Um, and the other thing on my mind real quick, uh, did you happen to catch or hear about any of the, uh, Xbox Series X presentation? No. All right. So I'll, I'll run through this really quick. Um, for those who aren't gamers, Xbox Series X will be the next generation of video games. This will be all the new consoles that I guess are coming out either the end of this year or early next year. So those next gen are pretty much, just, you know, the new Xbox and the PS5. Um, I'm not an Xbox guy, but I wanted to watch the presentation anyway just to see like what they had going on. And I, I feel like I was uh like I was bamboozled. <laughs> so I cut on this presentation. It's only like a twenty-three minute not that long, under half an hour, uh presentation. A little presenter dude is uh you know, get given the rundown of what we're what we're gonna see. And I keep hearing the words we're going to show you guys the next-gen gameplay of all the new games coming to Xbox. And I'm like, all right, gameplay. Yes, let's do it. Let's see what y'all got.
1: All right, there's nothing you talk about.
0: And then I proceed to see uh, a lot of trailers that don't really have gameplay. Um, <laughs> like some of them did, but some of them didn't have any gameplay at all. And then the one that I know everybody wanted to see gameplay for, they absolutely had zero gameplay footage for. And that was uh, Assassin's Creed. Valhalla if that's how I'm saying it which looks like a wild Assassin's Creed game they didn't went from like these are Vikings this is like God of War like I don't know, I don't know what Assassin's Creed has turned into but um I don't know how I felt about that presentation like there were some games that looked cool this game called Bright Memory Infinite I'm I'm not really a first person shooter guy anymore but that game looked looked decent uh, they had some horror game called The Medium and uh that uh has music composed by the guy who did uh, Silent Hill um a couple another game called like Scorn and then it had uh it was this little anime looking game called like a- ah Nexus I I cannot remember the name of it but it, it looked cool but there was like nothing that really made me like ah I would buy an Xbox because of, because of that and I don't know like, the presentation wasn't bad, but it felt a little just, meh. Like it was a little, little, I don't know, I felt like because you're leading into the next generation, like, I know you're not going to come with all the super heavy hitters, but I was just expecting a little more. I just think if the Assassin's Creed trailer would have stuck the landing, it would have been fine. But that had, like, zero gameplay footage. And I was like, okay. You guys promised me gameplay footage, and then you showed me a bunch of theatrical trailers. So I, I don't—I I feel like I've been hoodwinked.
1: Yeah, I heard about—I didn't know that—that that was what that was um, about. The—I'm uh, sorry—I saw news about like the Assassin's Creed trailer, not the, the gameplay trailer that had no gameplay in it. Uh, I think Jim Sterling did a video on it on YouTube. Um, but apparently, the guy—the director for the game—was like he was trying to temper expectations be like, uh, it's not really gameplay. Like, he didn't say explicitly, but he was, like, hinting that it's not really gameplay trailer. Um, and then he had to come out and be like, oh, our marketing will be better. So, you know, yeah, they lied. sorry. <laughs>
0: they lied. <laughs> they, lied. <laughs> they lied. Like, explicitly lied. But, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know, man. Um, like I said, I'm not an Xbox guy, really. So, I wasn't really gonna buy this anyway but i still just wanted to at least see what they had to see what was going on and like i saw a few things that looked okay but yeah yeah and some of those games to be honest didn't look what i would think like a next gen would look like a lot of those games look like they could come out now but that's neither here nor there i'll i'll leave it alone i won't continue to be the dead horse but uh... hey if we're
1: being real like Ubisoft, um, I think publishes Assassin's Creed, right? Yeah, um, like remember when they did the trailer for Watch Dogs? Oh man! And then that game <laughs> was nothing like what the, the the cinematic trailer was. So
0: yeah, bro, that that is one of the few video game purchases that I can think of that I actually regret. Like I remember how hype I was to play that, and I remember buying it and coming home. And you know, like when you really want to like something, like you try to like it, <laughs> it's like this is trash. And yeah. yeah, no bueno, no no bueno. Part three looks interesting, but I'm skeptical because of what part one did to me, and I never played two. They said two got better, but yeah, I, I don't know.
1: Two was like a legitimately good game.
0: Right. Yeah, see, I never uh, I never went back to play two. One one burned me too bad, and I I felt betrayed. But we'll see. I got I got hope for three. Three three looks promising if they pull it off right. Um we'll we'll see. But that's that was just my little spiel of uh Oh, and I'll I'll give a well you know what, I'll I'll save that for shout because I don't have a shout out. Um So I hope my final thought. But yeah, that's all I got for what's on my mind this week. No, nothing nothing too crazy. Life's been uh life's been okay. I'm getting by. Getting by. Find, finding little things to keep me entertained uh during this quarantine and all that so moving on to uh news and notes which i I didn't really uh write a lot like me and you talked beforehand for this recording just lately i've been feeling really detached (laughs) from like the world of sports like certain things just i see it and it's kind of one ear and out the other. And I'm I'm just not, I'm just, it's not hitting like it normally does. Like, even this card, which we'll get to later, I just wasn't, I enjoyed it. Like, I had a good time watching, watching most of it, minus a few fights here and there that we'll probably get to. But it just didn't, I don't know. Things just aren't really hitting for me the way they used to. Like, so something, something's missing. I don't even know if it's just because of the quarantine or if it's something else, but I just don't find myself getting as excited about a lot of these fights as I was before. But to keep it rolling, or did you want to uh, head this off since we both talked about it for uh, news and notes? Um, the uh, The waiver situation.
1: Yeah, so, um, this is, like, so, this was been a known thing, uh, for, like, a while now, um, that, um, the 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 UFC was gonna have fighters sign waivers in regards to, um, you know, fighting during this pandemic, um, I think it was fight opinion, um, I don't remember the dude's actual name, but that's what he is on Twitter um, and his website. Um, really good dude about the business, if you want to know more about the business of MMA. Um, he he was talking about this weeks ago, like, okay, the UFC's going to run this card in Jacksonville. Are they going to have them sign, like, worker waivers so that they can't get sued in case somebody catches it? Um, and who's going to be, like, subject to that, this, that, and the third? Um, are they going to, like, because... Um, you know, that that's the thing. Like for independent contractors like and for like low-end wage earners, the, uh like um like for example, Amazon has uh, 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 astroturfs where well, they pay employees or fake employees to go on Twitter and pretend to be like happy about working at Amazon. You know what I mean? Hmm. So like th- this is like continuing in that trend. So the UFC had fighters sign waivers that basically penalized them for criticizing any part of the company's health and safety protocols during fight week. Mm. Um, And um, so we, uh, like, everybody knew this was a thing. Nobody knew the specifics, but it kind of broke earlier in the day um, because Steven Espinoza, um, president of Showtime Sports, um, came out on Twitter and was like, uh, actually, I have a sweet right in front of me. It's because they were required to sign a document which says that they can lose their whole purse and bonuses if they want, say anything negative about the COVID protocols. Immediately after... So, uh, during the card, the story broke on Yahoo Sports, um, uh, who called Dana White and confirmed the UFC's deal with the fighters... Includes an anti-disparagement clause, which he said is included in all the company's contracts, which is not true because the UFC didn't have COVID nineteen <clears throat> protocol until this week or yeah, this I- past week, which is both well, you. So, um, a journalist, I, I think it was actually the Fight Opinions guy, managed to get a copy of it. Um, I don't think he could post it up without like giving away who got who gave it to him so but he was tweeting out about like parts of it he's like this thing is several pages long and if the UFC gave it to fighters like the like as soon as they showed up for like um you know check-in or whatever during fight week there's no way they read it
2: Mm-mm.
1: so that that's bad. A thing. <laughs> it's bad it's bad it's <laughs> bad um and Dana White in the uh post-fight pr- uh press uh, po- uh post-fight show Basically called Steven knows a scumbag lawyer and a liar who doesn't know what he's talking about, even though moments later he would go on to confirm. Hold up. If a fighter says something that isn't true, if if he says we didn't test anyone for this, that would violate the agreement. But if he says something that was true, his opinion, then that's different. But that's bullshit. Uh, Oh, they have parts of it here. If a participant is a fighter, and the participant hereby acknowledges and agrees that in uh, that, in the event that the participant, the participant breaches this paragraph 7, the company may revoke all or any part of any prize monies and awards won by the participant in connection with the activities, including but not limited to persons with win bonuses, other fight related bonuses, and event merchandise based royalties. Um, so. <clears throat> So, do you you want to comment on this, or should we just use this to jump into the next topic?
0: (laughs) Well, let me real quick, um, just to further kind of jump on that, um, I'm just going to read an excerpt real quick from this Buddy Elbow article, which, since the last time I saw it, got updated (laughs) Um, as of this morning. uh, This is written by Anton Tabuena, if I'm saying that correct. Um, This is in regard to what we just talked about, the waiver. And it states, initially discussed by the New York Times and Yahoo Sports, the waiver, uh, as the anti said, allows the UFC to revoke purses, win bonuses, and other fight-related bonuses and event-based merchandise royalties if any of the fighters criticize the promotion's precautions, whether relating to COVID-19 or otherwise. ESPN has also now followed up, revealing that those acts to sign the waivers aren't just fighters, according to the outlet. Participants, as defined and encompassed, in the document, includes everyone involved in the fight card and and including media in attendance. As the report notes, the waiver includes the assumption of risk for participants if they test positive for the coronavirus and releases the UFC from any responsibility in case of infection. Uh, goes on to state a couple more about the clause of risk, uh, Yeah, so as previously reported, if fighter staff and even media, where people are supposed to get news and information from, aren't happy with any of the health protocols, they will have waived their right to speak about it. If any of them contracts COVID-19, they also can't sue the UFC for it. Which, yeah, as the next paragraph of this article pretty much goes right into the next topic, which I'll let you head off.
1: So... Um, I I feel like we should also I think you mentioned it, but like it was not just fighters; it was staffers, media, um, and media. So, if you were at this show and you signed this waiver, yeah,
0: if you if you were in the building,
1: you I'm are gonna... nothing but public <laughs> relations for the UFC, and you're not getting yeah. paid for it. So, from from the media
0: <laughs> to the janitor to, yeah, if you you were in the building, you couldn't say anything.
1: Yeah, so you're not a real journalist anymore. So. I'll make the rules. That's just how it goes. Um, So, a fighter did test positive this week. Um, Jacare Souza, the guy who I think the last time we were uh, on the show, we talked about how he was training in his garage with, like, three of his buddies um, for this card because his gym was closed. Um, Who does not live too, too far. He's in Florida now, um, if I'm remembering correctly. But he tested positive on Friday. Apparently... Uh, the UFC did a swab test, an uh, antibody test, and an antigen test on Wednesday, and all those came back negative. And um, they tested him again on Friday, and ended up being positive. Um, so, John Gray showed up to fight week and immediately told the UFC that he had been in contact with somebody uh, close to the family who had been, you know, um, uh, who had contracted COVID nineteen. Uh, they, the UFC claims they immediately put him in isolation for a few days. Uh, if you watch the weigh-ins on Friday, you'll see that, um, he is standing pretty far apart from Uriah Hall, who is also wearing a mask. I'm assuming they told Hall, I, I, I don't have like confirmation on that because I don't think any other fighters showed up with a mask, um. Maybe Greg Hardy did. I, I I think one of the heavyweights did. I don't remember who. Um, but um, you know that um, they they claim that they had Jacare in isolation until Friday, um, which is wild because if you go uh, because uh, Danny Segura of I want to say it's MMAfighting.com um, tweeted out that Jacare had posted a video of him hanging out in the back in the hotel <laughs> yeah. lobby. With uh with Jack and the and all of his cornermen, two of which also contr uh, ended up having uh, coronavirus. Um, so that's three people, and then they're all in the back and they're all just hanging out together. Um, uh, it, uh, uh, to to his credit, Jack Correa is wearing a mask in the video, but you know who knows? He's touching his face. Um, did he remove the mask at any point? Um, blah, 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 this, then, the third. Um, and then, the, the, um, and when they came out that, uh, Jack Ray and his quarterman had the coronavirus, um, Dana White proceeded to pat himself on the back and say, yeah, we expected somebody to show up with it. Which is some ridiculous goalpost moving, if I've ever seen it. Um, because, like, you can claim that Jack Ray was in isolation, but, like, this dude had to make way on Friday, right? Yep. He had to eat, so he had to train. Uh, he had to. It, it, there's no way he was just in his hotel room for two days straight. So, what facilities did he use? Did he use the elevator? Did he eat breakfast downstairs? Did right. he go out shopping? Did he interact at all with any of the hotel staff? Did they alert the Did they alert the hotel that he was staying in that he might have the disease?
0: All right, and then. You gotta extend that to his cornermen, like.
1: But like, they, yeah, they knew who, that Jockray came in contact with somebody, and they isolate his cornermen.
0: Yeah, who did they, they come they, in contact with? Who or who
1: were that? they just like wilding out in Jacksonville? Because like we, like they're in the video. We see them like just you know, they're arm in arm with like jo- Uh Verdum's cornermen. Um, like did they did Jacare interact with any UFC staff?
0: It's a lot. It's. I, I...
1: <laughs> and, 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 and uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. If you go to Dana White's Twitter, um, talking about social distancing, um, he, he took a picture with the uh, the medical professionals who were doing the COVID testing. And nobody had a mask on. One woman <laughs> had a mask on out of seven workers. None of them uh... were wearing gloves. And they were all arm in arm after doing the testing with Dana White. And uh, we'll get back to it in a second, but like that tells me that like they they that that hints that they might be very lax when they were administering these tests. Were they changing gloves? Because yeah. they were testing fighters one after the other. You know what I mean? Or this, were they wearing gloves at all?
0: This tells me, and <laughs> I hate to even joke about this, but I was thinking about it the whole night I was watching. I was like, brother, everybody's breathing Rona on each other in here. Like two weeks from now, by the time we put out another episode, we're gonna find out like six more people from this card. Probably got it. Uh,
2: if not more.
1: So here's the like there there's a decent chance that it might be a corner man, there's a decent chance it might just be like some lowly fucking hotel staff worker who doesn't have the recourses to like you know, miss a weekend at this hotel. Right. Like that was always my concern. Like fighters, like most of them should be fine. They're not. They're you know in ridiculous physical condition. Um, they have access. Uh, some of the I, I'm assuming they'll have. You know if you're if you're fighting on a UFC card, they're not gonna like leave you in the dumps. They're gonna fucking try to get you medical attention because that's just bad PR if they don't. I mean yeah, I don't think well, the UFC would, cares about hope... bad. Yeah, it's also possible the UFC doesn't give a fuck about bad PR. They just fucking put on a card in the middle of a fucking global pandemic where you know in this country alone, two thousand people are dying a day. But um, like the like like what the hell? Like um, where are they going with this? But like I I'm assuming like my worry was that it's going to infect people in the Jacksonville area.
0: Like God. Florida's like, already wilding out enough.
1: Yeah, like <laughs> Florida's a shit show, and yeah, I know been keeping this because up have family down there. Yeah,
0: you've been keeping up with Florida. You already know, even even before this card came down there, they were they were already at, already out of control. So this like is this a, is just
1: this is all Linda McMahon's fault, by the way. We we, we can't not ever forget that, her her eighteen million dollars to bribe the governor of. Florida, even though I don't think he needed much of a bribe. I think he he was just done. I think he's just stupid. Um, But uh, you can also see Dana White um, during the uh, weigh-ins, just fist bumping every fighter, including Jack Wright, who was wearing uh, wearing gloves, but you still came into contact with him, and then immediately went to hug Michelle Watterson, who immediately hugged Carlos Sparza. Right. (laughs) There was no... There was no
0: social distancing going on other than them having I guess Rogan and them sitting at separate- t- separate tables
1: which which okay. was wild
0: because in the pre-show they were all standing right next to each other,
1: yeah, and it's
0: like what what are we doing here
1: like and what then, are we doing I, I, okay, so here's another question I have. Did they disinfect the cage in between um fights which i you know I doubt it, but Not did they all. do it? Not at all, because that, that that flow was like one fight right after the other. So, like, if a fighter did contract something from um from Jackery or when his cornermen, or even uh, so okay, uh, backtrack. Um, the UFC is incredibly lucky that Jacare disclosed. Like, obviously, Jack Ray shouldn't have made the trip. He should have told the USC it before time. Maybe they would have sent somebody to his house to test him. I don't know. Um, I, I can't really blame Jack Ray because, like, you tell a dude that if he shows up to this date, he's going to get, like, a quarter of a million dollars, which I think is, like, somewhere near what Jack Ray's base pay is. He's going to show up. He's got bills to pay, like Dana White said. Um, but, like, they're super lucky, Jack Ray disclosed. Because if they had it, if he had not he would have been walking around Jacksonville. um, uh, Interacting with all types of different staff members. And like, like I said, like he had to, he, I doubt he showed up to Jacksonville on like Tuesday or Wednesday when he rolled in, like on weight, he had to go somewhere to exercise and lose the extra bit of weight, uh, get his food and stuff like that. So like no, Lord knows if those places were disinfected. um, But like, We've seen fighters lie about, like, getting, like, get ha- they fight with staff. They fight with, like, serious injuries. We've seen, we've heard of fighters who've been like, yeah, I tore my ACL, like, three weeks ago. Right. Um, and I, I, you know, they still show up to fight. um Fighters who fight on, like, PDs and shit. Like, dudes do, don't, like, like, and mind you, like, for whatever reason, most MMA fighters are fucking stupid and, Like they're like Paulo Costa or Sam Alvey. They're like, oh, uh, coronavirus is overhyped. Uh, It's not really a thing. Uh, Like they should really just open everything up, let everybody go outside. Um, So, yeah, you have you have a confluence of people uh, who are like, oh, uh, I really need the fight to make ends meet, or I I, I'll fight anybody anywhere anytime, and oh, this isn't a big deal. I don't have to report it. It's going to be fine. It's just like, oh, shit. This might be a bad thing. Having 20-something of these people show up. Actually, 70-something of these people show up to an event um, where they have to travel to get there. Because, you know, they're going to lie to make it to fight night. So they're really lucky that Jack Ray disclosed. Like and incredibly lucky, and, and they still, still fucked
0: it up. Yeah, I'm gonna say, and it, that's the that's the bad part. It's still terrible. And the worst part is, yeah, like I said, a lot of these fighters might, if they get it, and I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I hope if anybody gets it, I hope they they make it out okay. And like I said, most of them, I, I would hope, in in probably much better physical condition than most of us than the average person, considering they're athletes. So you would like to think that they'd be able to pull through this, but. We still don't know if some of these guys have any underlying health conditions. Like
1: asthma. We, we
0: know we know Greg Hardy has asthma. He's walking around here fist bumping people. Who knows who else in that building might have had some underlying health condition that, that none of us know about. Like it's like they you the fighter you might make it out okay. But the next person that you might pass it to, they might not be so okay. And it's Ugh Ugh. I don't know, man. Like and I know there's somebody saying, well, like, if you guys feel that way, then why did you watch the card? Listen, man. <laughs> Whether or not I watch this card, it's not going to change the fact that this, this, this happened anyway. Like, whatever.
1: And paid did for it.
0: Yeah. Like, what, what do you want me to do? Like, I want pe- I just want people to be okay. I'm not a, like... <laughs> I don't want nobody to lose their job. I don't want anything bad to happen to anybody. I just want people to be okay. Like, at bare minimum, as much as I was against them having this card, if you're going to do it, just at at least make it look like you're trying to have some sort of safety protocol. Because everybody's still walking walking down the ramp neck and neck together. People still fist bumping. Why is the rain girl out there? Why did y'all bring her out here to hold a number? She don't need to be there. Why is she risking her life just to walk out in some shoes and hold a number in between? Like, like what are we doing? Like, <laughs> at least just make it look like you're trying. And it just looked kind of, it just looked kind of reckless. But I hope everybody's okay, man. Uh, prayers to Jacare. i I hope he's okay. I hope his cornermen are okay and anybody else who they may have uh, may have come in contact with. I just want to see, man, if we're going to move toward this whole we're trying to still put on fights and events. And this ain't this isn't just for MMA or UFC specifically, like all sports, because a lot of sports is talking about slowly starting to open back up and opening back up training facilities and all that stuff, I guess, little by little. But it's like if we're going to do this, we gotta at least be smart about it. We can't just willy-nilly just open stuff up and go back to the way we were doing things before. Like it's gotta be, we gotta have some strict protocols in order. Like it, it can't just be, it can't be what we saw last night. It can't be that. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware. Like I, not, we, we <coughs> excuse me, talked about this before we started recording. Uh, it feels like the world is slowly trying to open back up. But, like, the numbers aren't going down. Like, we're just kind of making this situation worse. At this rate, we're going to be on punishment until, like, December. <laughs> because people just... We just keep... We just keep making it. We just keep making it worse. And and real quick, I don't want to harp on this for too long. We can actually get to the fights. But uh, just one quick point to make about people who say... um what what was i seeing on social media people say all, all kinds of wild stuff like what's the difference between the u f c trying to hold a safe sporting event and you uh going to a crowded grocery store um
1: you need grocery you yeah need let's to live
0: yes let's <laughs> let's 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 pump our brakes here buddy um yes is gro- going to the grocery store a risk when you go yes it is. Because there are people in the grocery store who, are, I, I saw it the other day, people in the grocery store wearing the mask all kinds of ways, hanging from their nose, not wearing it properly. Is the grocery store a risk? Yes, it is. But, you need food. Like, that, that is an essential thing. I need food. But, to keep in context, for one, food is way more essential than any event, sporting event that needs to be held. Two... When I'm going to the grocery store, this is a simple point A to B trip. I'm getting in my car, I'm going to the grocery store, and I'm coming back home. There's no other stops. I'm not going to see anybody. I'm going to the store, getting my food, going back home. When you go to a fight, you gotta drive to the airport. You gotta fly or travel some kind of way. You gotta check into a hotel. You're around a bunch of people. Then you gotta go to the arena and the venue. That's more people. And then you gotta, you know, you're in a lock, like, it's, you come in contact with so much, it's, it's so much more of an unnecessary risk. At least with the grocery store, I'm going there and going back. I'm not going to touch hands and <laughs> be around a whole bunch of people. I'm going to fulfill a necessity that I need to survive, and then okay. I'm going back home. Mm-hmm. So, no, I'm sorry, that argument doesn't make sense. You don't need these fights. I need food. We need food. You need food. You need to eat. We all need to eat. We don't need to watch people. You know this isn't a necessity. In a perfect world, which it should be, and this is a whole other point, they should have just paid these dudes. and <laughs> just just sent them home like Bellator did.
1: Like, and again, the UFC can totally afford that. Like, yes, don't,
2: don't, that's the don't, other don't, thing. Don't like,
1: bullshit about like oh i got like the me is full of pussies i got people depending on me it's like motherfucker if you had people depending on you you'd pay your fighters better so they can stay the fuck home
0: yeah like bro you and if you if you're telling uh, uh, me that a billion dollar company can't afford to pay their fighters somebody needs to get fired because the the the, the money is looking real funny if you can't afford that and you bring in that much revenue somebody's like, che- checks are missing or something something's going wrong somebody i get fired then if that's like,
1: the real case, I hate to keep coming back to this, but like, it, it just shows how fucked are like, like the 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 system of which this is because like these fighters have to do this because like they still have mortgages to pay, but like all everything's closed, like it's yeah so it, fucking stupid. It's
0: a it's a it's, it's a microcosm move like the country at large it's not really even just a ufc problem it's in that regard i'm i can't even really like be mad at the fighters oh yeah you you gotta they
1: they gotta exist
0: yeah i still gotta live i still there's no safety
1: net for them or any of us really right
0: yeah uh, i mean like certain companies are like you know letting you defer payments and whatever whatever but you all know that's, that's going to come back on the back end at some point they're not just going <laughs> you're not just going to get a sympathy waiver like they're going to come back for that money at some point point. and then you got you know god forbid you got a, a trash landlord like it's it's a lot to deal with it's a lot to deal with so in that regard i can't even be mad at the fighters because people are just we got to work within the system that we're in and the system trash it's if you haven't realized that by now you're either really privileged or you're just not really paying attention like <laughs> corona has really shown that this system is not built to handle a real like
1: real stress
0: yeah like think of how like and i don't want to harp on this so we, this this going to a whole nother topic but just look at how fast everything crumbled like well, Corona got here in what, like, what, like, February?
1: February, it ain't really hit in March.
0: Yeah. Came around February, really hit in, like, or that first and second week of March, and not even a week after that, like, everything shut down that quick. And we're lucky, as bad as Corona is, we're lucky that this isn't some, like, a, 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 a a virus that's, like, more fatal, I guess, like, if, I don't want to say this isn't a real pandemic, but you you know what I'm talking about, like, if it was, like, a movie thing, like, if it was, if it was a virus that was just out here just dropping people, like, like, there's, there's a slim chance that you're gonna live, like, ain't no, oh, if you're healthy, you'll, you'll be okay, like, nah, the virus is really just wiping people out, like, bro, we'd have been out of here, like, everything crashed just that quick, but, you know what, that's neither here nor there, man, it's, I hope everybody's uh, safe. I hope everybody on that card, from the fighters to the announcers to the workers to the people at the hotel to everybody who had anything to do with putting this together, I hope y'all are okay, and I, I hope, hope hope your health stays intact. Um, man, that was kind of heavy. <laughs> man,
1: it's, <laughs> a fu- it's a fucking heavy ass subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's why everybody's been like. So, well, not everybody, because, again, like, I just... And fuck fuck all the MMA fans out there blaming the media for reporting the news. Like, what what the hell is wrong with you people?
0: I can't remember who posted it on Twitter, but they were saying, like, we always knew that MMA fans were trash, but, like, (laughs) This really, really kicked it up to another level, and we're realizing how trash a lot of these fans are.
1: Same right. to, same to people, same to fighters, same to like fuck Ben Askren, fuck um God, the the Italian dude, um the Marvin Vittori who was I didn't bitching about like yeah he said anything. I know
0: yeah. Askren's been out here wilding out. Every every I time mean, I see Askin, he I might have to block him. He, he's getting a little <laughs> he's getting a little much, a little much.
1: But you you like do these people really think that like the the, the bloody elbow or MMA fighting or fucking the low kick uh, site really just wants to fucking get cards for canceled? Cause like you know it's not like they make their money on follow, this shit. Like it, it's yeah, I, so stupid.
0: I posted this on Twitter. This coronavirus has made me realize that the 90% of the world, are, y- we're, y'all are the dumb people in all of the like the world-ending movies. Yeah. Like, y'all are all of them. <laughs> and, like, it's, it's weird. Like, you'll watch a movie like that and, and be watching from home and be like, why didn't y'all listen to the scientists? He told y'all X, Y, X, Y. And y'all are doing exactly what they are doing right now. Exactly the same thing. Not not listening. not Not taking it serious. That's y'all. Y'all are in the movie. That's y'all. Y'all are those people in the movie that are dumb and just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know,
1: man. Follow, but you know
0: follow, what, man? Let's,
1: yeah. let's just get to it. Let's get it's, to yeah,
0: let's, let's get to the actual uh fight so we can have something actually halfway entertaining to, to, to talk about, man. So it, moving it, on.
1: It was, in all fairness, a very entertaining card. And it, it was. was booked to be one. It had a lot of really good matchups. Um, Outside of two. A side of two and one wasn't one was good on paper, but like what?
0: Two 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 and a quarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one that was good on paper but didn't you know? The yeah, way, we'll, we'll we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll get to it. But moving on, man, to the actual fights and and fisticuffs that happened. UFC 249 went down in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, this this card went through a lot, <laughs> a lot of switcheroos and there's a lot was going on but what we ended up landing on was a card headlined by Justin Gaethje and Tony Ferguson for the interim lightweight title also had Henry Cejudo and uh, Dominic Cruz for the bantamweight title but we're going to start from the top uh Justin Gaethje versus Tony Ferguson for the interim lightweight title so we uh came on here see last week or week before I don't remember did our uh, our prediction episode. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to eat crow for a lot of these fights. Not not a lot, but some of the 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 main ones that I actually like was somewhat invested in I got wrong. Um and that includes this main event. Um So what in 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 my prediction in the episode we did, um I didn't have much of a rhyme or reason for picking Ferguson other than I really need to see this Habib fight and I was like, you know what? Tony's going to find a way to out crazy Gaethje. And uh let me be the first to tell you that that did not <laughs> happen. Uh that did not happen at all. Um Just Justin Gaethje has slowly evolved from like a complete like just psychopath of a fighter to still being a psychopath but he's now like a calculated psychopath (laughs) which is even more dangerous like the man the longer this fight went on the more I realized like oh Tony this isn't a good matchup for you because one Gaethje has shown within like his last probably about two to three, maybe even three to four fights. He's a lot more measured now. He He's taking his time. He's picking his shots. But he's still, like, absurdly violent. So you can either fight the fight at two paces. You can either try to go all out, which against him is never a good idea because we've seen... We saw how he was back in WSOF. We saw how he was in his early UFC days. The man can just go. If you want to crack for 25 minutes, he can just go. And... One of y'all is going to die. Or, you can try to fight at a measured pace, which we saw in this fight. He's going to box your face off. Because, for all of the craziness that he is, he still has, like, very good technique. Like, he had good head movement in this fight. He hit... I wish I could have counted the amount of times that he caught Tony with that right hand. (laughs) Like, he... (laughs) He was blasting Tony with that right hand over and over and over again. Chopped him down with leg kicks. Um, In addition to being tough himself, you know, Tony caught him with some some good shots at the end of the... I think that was the second when he caught him with the uppercut and dropped him. Yeah. Yeah, Tony had like that one moment. I was like, all right, Tony, there we go. Some momentum. And then that didn't mean anything.
1: But (laughs) he got right back up. I'm like, okay, he's not hurt, hurt. He's just... He 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 just got like dropped.
0: Yeah, like he, he caught he got caught with a good one. He got caught with a good one, but he was still like punched
1: should have knocked him out, if we're being honest. Yeah. Because like his head his eyes went like straight up. Um uh, but like he, he just got up like it was like, All right, that happened.
0: Yeah. And came back and just to this this is the first time I think Tony's met a guy who was just as wild as he is. And it was just as tough as he was, and it was crazy watching Gaethje just put on this clinic. I'm like, bro, we, I mean, like Tony isn't undefeated, so we've seen him lose fights before, but
1: we've seen him lose one fight in the UFC before.
0: Yeah, and even in that, like, you don't see him get just beat up like, this. Right. like he got he got pummeled like by the fourth round. Both he got cuts over and under, like both eyes. And it's almost becoming uncomfortable to watch. Like, on one hand, I'm applauding him because I'm like, dude, I don't know how he's still alive. Because he ate, like I said, Gaethje, that right, he was blasting Ferguson with that right hand. Over and over again. The left, too. But I, I just happen to notice the right a lot more. And they said it on the broadcast. Any average man by now would have been done. They would have been perished and moved on to the shadow realm. And <laughs> Tony got, he took like four shots, maybe five in that fight, that should have killed him. And he somehow finding ways to survive. But he was just Gagey put a he put a clinic on him. It it was it was wild to watch, man. He really put a clinic on him. And that that finishing sequence, which was literally just a jab that started it off. Like, Tony's face is completely just busted up. And <laughs> Gagey jabs him. And Ferguson just has he did like this just step back, like, oh, like what was that? That just hit me. And then he caught like another jab, and then Herb Dean stepped in, like, all right, bro, it's you've had enough. And yeah. it was just, I, I have no words. I have no words. If
1: we're being honest, Tony's team probably should have pulled him after the fourth round.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Dude, dude just looked flat. Um. Yeah, um, I I picked Gaethje, um, heading into this one mostly because I just try I, I I trust him more in a firefight because we've seen um, Tony in basically every single one of his fights um, as of late. In that's that's become increasingly rare as uh, injuries and uh, you know ha- have really sidelined them and like um, have um, yeah have, have put them on the shelf. Like he's only fought once a year for the past like four or five years. Um, I I, I didn't trust Tony Ferguson at 36 to get up from uh, a fire fight with Justin Gaethje. Like I trusted Justin Gaethje more to get up than I did Tony. Um, and I got I, I completely wrong because they the plan was never to get into a firefight. Um, we we saw this in the the Don Cerrone fight for Gaethje where he was just like, oh, I'm being on the outside. Um. I'm moving around a bit, and then I'm gonna jump in with uh with some power shots. Um, and he did less jumping in here and more uh countering. I mean, he's always been a good counter puncher, but it was always like the type of countering where he's coming forward, um, he gets hit with like a two, he slips underneath the hook, and then counters back with like three or four shots. Like that's the type of countering I'm used to seeing from Justin Gaethje. Here it was like Tony Ferguson would throw a jab, and Gaethje would just uh, he'd parry he'd either parry it encounter with a hook or duck under encounter with a hook or um, uh, um, like he, he like what, one of the things I've noticed um, I, I've been watching a lot of videos uh, uh boxing videos about like hip movement right so like you you, you slip punches and you throw punches from the hip it's the same exact movement you fold at the hip uh, if you want to get on the front foot, you fold your hip forward. If you want to get on your back foot, you fold your hip to the back, um, with, while turning your torso. Um, and I like um, watching this card. There are a lot of fighters like who are really good, who are really good strikers, who just do not slip to the outside, like to their front hip, when the their, their opponent throws across. So like. Um, For example, we'll get to it later. But like uh, Vicente Luque got caught multiple times trying to slip to the inside of a cross and just putting himself in harm's way. Gaethje was slipping to the outside of Ferguson's jab and cross and coming back with that left hook over and over and over again. It was really something. Um, and like when he was like. Uh, he was throwing that overhand, like that chopping overhand. That uh, I think it was in the third round where he just like had Ferguson on skates for a second, where he hit him right upside the temple. I was like, okay, that the fight's over. That's
0: yeah. He did like a
1: little. He he did like a little uh, little jig. Yeah,
0: it, it wasn't like a stanky leg, but it was it was like a <laughs> like a worm. <laughs> like it was yeah yeah. It, it, like the fight should have stopped right there. Like yeah. he's. He's out
1: of here. And the leg kicks. Like, he was kicking uh, Ferguson from a range where Ferguson just was not able to touch him. So, like, you're taking the, like, and credit to Ferguson. He didn't look gassed in this fight, despite getting his ass beat. Um, But, like, you could tell that spring in his step, that, that same, like, extra gear that he had when, uh when it came time to turn it up on Barbosa after dropping the first two rounds, like it just wasn't there. And part of that was the leg kicks. Uh, I also think part of it was Ferguson's, like, 38 years old, or 36 years old. But, like, again, injuries and uh, massive time off and uh, all the wars. Because, like, every Ferguson fights a war, even the ones he wins. Uh, Donald Cerrone, uh, uh, Pettis, Barbosa... Uh, The Kevin Lee fight, less so, but, like, you know. Um, But, yeah, like, that's the... I'm trying to think. That's the best, uh, like, five-round performance at lightweight, like, for the title since, like, RDA. I, I guess you can say, like, that... Like, to me, that was on par with, like, what McGregor did to Alvarez
0: yeah because it just if it wasn't for tony's just sheer toughness he would have died like <laughs> he, he should have been out of there by like that shouldn't have lasted that long it just the longer the fight just his highlight reel just kept going up yeah. it was like all right just, you're gonna keep fighting so i guess i just gotta keep and it's wild like he never he never got rattled like tony's the kind of guy you hit him with two thousand punches and somehow in like round three he's still in your face Never got rattled, never lost composure, never you know, never broke away from the game plan. Yeah. Like dude just he went in there and really, just really, really
1: showed out. Hey, that's one of the things Gage like um That's one of the things Gage always had like when he was getting in firefights with like Luis Palomino, uh, Palomino and um Michael Johnson, like that, that he cannot be shaken. Like mm. he he is uh, like the, the real worry, and uh, Whitman addressed it, um, and and it was like one of the most like poignant fight, parts of the fight, where like uh, Whitman's like take ten percent off your shots, you know what right, happens? he's, like you're, trying, yeah, he's like
0: you're trying to kill him. You're like. trying to kill him.
1: <laughs> like you know what happens when you got stopped the last two times you tried to do that, or the last time you tried to do it, and then fucking Gaethje's like yeah twice. And he's like, the time, like he's having the time of his life, but he's also like, yeah, no, I have lost. Like yeah. it, it's such a, it's such a fucking wild ass mindset to have, like, um, that that confidence to learn from your mistakes and to completely switch your game. But like, uh, Whitman's an amazing coach, and Geachy's just like one of the most mentally tough dudes that's ever been in the sport um
0: shout out to Whitman for being able to reel a guy like that in yeah like (laughs) because I know that I know that probably started off rough like I know day one he started working he was like oh my god this guy (laughs)
1: he's been his coach his whole career but I'm saying like he wasn't even
0: like that like back then like the man like I'm wondering like what did those first couple of training camps way back then look like like bro how do I get this man uh he has all the talent in the world, but he is just out of his mind. And I just need to just reel him in just a little bit.
1: Um. What else? Um, just... He jabbed in this fight. Like, it took him three and a half rounds to do it, but he like sometime in the fourth round, he just started jabbing at tony ferguson i'm like wait where the fuck did that come from
0: i feel like every time he jabbed him tony had to spit out blood like because yeah. <laughs> he was he was sticking them with the jabs like he he was sticking them when he landed right yeah it, it was wild man never seen tony take that kind of a that kind of a beat down and it wasn't even like one of those fights where you be like oh well he might have won round three like no he, he
1: didn't like, he, <laughs> it was the only round that I could see anybody giving him is the second one since the knockdown. But even then, he was losing that round up to that moment.
0: Right. So, yeah. So, even if you want to be generous and give him that round, he he clearly lost the rest of them. He yeah. clearly lost the rest
1: of them. But um, yeah, Eddie Bravo in his fucking ear telling him, you have to go for an Imanari roll in the third round after getting, like, the crappy to of him. And it's just like, dude, you are way too late for that. Them leg kicks, right, all that yeah. damage. Eminari
0: should have came round one, round two. <laughs> yeah, round three when I got like four cuts on my eye and I've been getting pummeled. Like, yes, it's a little too late for that one, buddy. Yeah. He tried it though. Didn't get yeah. didn't amount to nothing. Yeah. Didn't, didn't even come close really. But he so tried it.
1: I've seen some talk about people being like, oh, this was in part due like to like he because he may weigh apparently like. Two weeks ago, when the, uh, two or three weeks ago, when the original UFC 249 was supposed to happen, yeah. uh, he, cause, you know, Toy Ferguson's a psychopath and he's like, I- I'll go whenever. Um, and he decided that he was going to cut the weight down to 155, and he is a big 155er. Um, you know, tall. He, he, he looks lean and he, he is lean, but he's obviously really strong. So, like, um, it wouldn't surprise me. He walks around like the high one seventies. So he has been training near on weight for like three weeks. So I and that thir- he's thirty six. Like there's a reason guys at lightweight don't win the title at this age. Um, yeah, most of them win it in their late twenties. Uh, but like, I don't see that playing as much as a factor as just all the damage he was taking. Um, it, it, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Um, but, like, that, that, that style was just perfect, the, the, the way that Justin Gagey fought for, uh, taking out Zoe Ferguson. Um, you know, there's something to be said about the fact that Ferguson was training for, like, a wrestler.
0: Yeah, that too. That too. But I'm not going to throw, uh, make, uh, I guess, any excuses for him. Right. You were probably right in the beginning of the assessment. When we did the practice that when we did the uh, prediction episode. This wasn't. A, this probably just wasn't a good match for Tony. Like <laughs> this.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, this, uh, but think about
1: it. Like, how how many like, we know that Pettis can pop, but like, how many dudes from just like, how many dudes got the pat has Tony Ferguson fought that have just had pop like legit pop like. One hitter-quitter, it's, like, like pound for pound, like, power. Right. Like, the last dude he fought like that was maybe Michael Johnson. Like, like, RDA hits pretty hard, but, like, he was also fighting him at altitude after he got knocked out, like, two months earlier. Um, We talked about Pettis, and Pettis broke his hand in that fight, if I remember correctly. Um and also Pettis cannot pivot for his life, so he was just fighting like backwards that entire fight. Or for long stretches of that fight. Um like Donald Cerrone can hit like Donald Soroni can rock people, but like he is not like he's not Justin Gagey. Yeah. And and Justin has it in both hands. So like like Justin Gagey has that like naughty Gluffkin type power. Like, he just looks like he's hitting somebody with a brick.
0: Every time.
1: Every time.
0: <laughs> Every single time. It
1: doesn't matter if it's a fucking cross, an overhand, a, a hook, a jab. It just looks like it hurts. Um, but, yeah. So, I, I know everybody's sad that uh, Ferguson, Nurmagomedov isn't happening, but I, I think... Gachi Nurmagomedov is a better fight. I just don't think Khabib's going to take it. Um, I, I think he might retire, to be honest with you. Like, he has all the money in the world. Uh, yeah, he, better
0: um, not, he better not dodge this smoke.
1: Uh,
2: <laughs> he uh, better like, not dodge it, the smoke.
1: it sounded like Ferguson was the last fight he wanted. Like Because like, he wanted to retire by... His dad wanted him to retire by the time he's 30. His dad's reportedly sick and in the hospital. Um... You know, he has a family now. Uh, I think he's got kids. uh, A a kid. He may have more than one. Um, And he's wildly popular in his home, country, and home region. So, like, would you want to fight Justin Gaethje?
0: I mean, I don't think anybody, uh, well, probably Tony because he's wild, but everybody else, I don't think any of us want to fight Justin Gaethje. It's not a phone call you really look forward to. But I just feel like after a performance like that, like you cannot, you not take
1: that. I mean, his first his first tweet after the fight, uh, Khabib was no comment, or something like that. Um, so.
0: Nah, I do get that, you know, and eventually this will probably change at some point. But you know, travel restrictions, all that going on right now, so that also plays a part in like when we may even end up seeing this fight because he probably won't be able to leave. Country for a while, um so who knows how that'll work out. But I feel like you got you got to fight. If you if you can't, can't do the Tony fight because he lost, you got to do the Gaethje fight. If you want to leave after that, then all right, I, I'll I'll let you go.
1: Yeah, I think but, I think I've been saying for like the longest time that I think Gaethje and Alvarez were better fights for Khabib than um than Ferguson. Or, or harder fights for could be than Ferguson. I think Ferguson probably just got like laid on. To be honest with you,
0: but see, I, I I like the Ferguson fight because he he's wild, and he will do crazy stuff off of his back.
1: I mean, he will, but like,
0: will it work? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like the but, it's, it's like the threat forbid, is at least.
1: If being honest, he lost to Danny Castillo. <laughs>
0: But I'm like, the the threat is at least there. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know if Gaethje will get laid and prayed, but I'm like, if he does end up on his back, what's the chances we're going to see Gaethje throw up uh, a triangle?
1: <laughs> like, for, Gaethje... for me, the thing that, like, beyond Gaethje's, um, you know, uh, wrestling credentials, he just refuses to go back to the cage. And that's where, like... 80% of Khabib's takedowns take, take down
0: they yeah, come from. Him. Yeah. If they if he can keep it in just open space and not get crowded against the cage, yeah, it could be a really really interesting fight. Yeah. Could definitely be an interesting fight. And like Tony, they both kind of had that same thing where like they just they just don't go away. So I don't see even if let's say Khabib round 1 somehow like takes him down and holds him down, I don't see Gaethje faltering or like losing confidence over the fight. Like he's still going to keep going.
1: And if Kabib does retire, I will say the the Apoirier rematch, um McGregor, um shit, there was somebody else I wanted to see him fight. Um uh, one second. One second. Uh But like there there are other fights for him is my point. Um
0: I think this fight and we, we can move on after this, but I think this fight Perfectly illustrates <laughs> why, why Gaethje and McGregor never happened. Yeah, bruh. I'll say it if it, if it. Do, I mean, I think we said this back then, but I'll I'll reiterate it now. If Gaethje and McGregor McGregor ever happens, unless it happens when Gaethje's like forty and his chin's cracked, uh, Gaethje's gonna smoke that man's boots. <laughs> it's, it's not gonna be pretty. It's not gonna be
1: pretty. I mean, there's it, every there's every chance that uh, McGregor ha- catches him with that left hand. Uh, I mean, I don't see do he do we we've seen like so we have not seen uh, Gechi fight a, a southpaw, um, since Poirier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it's Poirier and is Eddie Alvarez a southpaw? Or am I misremembering? I think.
0: They don't give <laughs> right, me line.
1: Let check. I'm, checking.
0: I'm just thinking of it in terms of like if, and you know what, I, I guess you could counter this argument, but
1: that no, was just. Poorly. I'm gonna, yeah,
0: I'm gonna yeah. say yeah. as skilled as Gaethje is, if you're going into a fight with Gaethje and all I got to worry about is your left hand. Not saying that you know McGregor doesn't have other tools, but that's all I really got to worry about. You're not giving me much else to really I, I gotta I gotta pick Gagey. Not saying that McGregor can win, but I'm just saying if they fight ten times, uh Gaethje wins nine. That's 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 how I feel.
1: <laughs> I, I respect that. Um I, I like again, like there there are things that it that like does Gagey try to pressure is it counter McGregor's pressure in that fight? Um like th- those types of things like interest me. Like I, if if the fight happens, I'll pick Gaethje, um, just cause I I I trust him to go to like. And uh, we didn't see a lot of it here. Um, he, he did throw that uppercut to the body, but we didn't see a lot of Gaethje's body punching, which comes from um, his aggression, his ability to put people in the cage and just go to the, like just rip to their body. Um, we didn't see a lot of that in this fight just because he was fighting from distance. But I I, tr- I trust that would like if. Whitman is the dude drawing the game plan, that's, that's like, that's the, the cornerstone of it, so.
0: And Gacy would probably be the one guy who will finally kick <laughs> McGregor in the legs, like.
1: I mean, Dennis Seaver
0: did it. Man, but Dennis Seaver's Dennis Seaver, man.
1: And Dennis Seaver beat BJ Penn. I don't know what you're talking about. Well,
0: <laughs> didn't McGregor get a title shot off
1: of that? Uh, well, technically, he got a title shot off of beating, um, what's his face uh do 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 Was it Max? No. It was uh, uh...
0: I swear he got it off
1: of And no no, he that was his last fight before that fight happened, but it was mostly just like a key busy fight for McGregor. Ew.
0: that's
1: nuts. <laughs> he got it for being Poirier. <laughs> and I want to say that Aldo was hurt at the time up? Um, so do do do. So October twenty fourteen. Yeah. So Aldo was coming off that fight against um Chad Mendez the rematch.
0: Oh no! You know what? You know what? He fought men He fought Mendez after the Sieber fight. I forgot. No, that, that, was, that was after
1: that. Fight was supposed to be Jose Aldo.
0: Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, you know. All right. Okay. I'll take it back. So he, it back. he technically did get it for being he he technically got it for being Destin Poirier. Um. But McGregor had literally like a month later. Aldo fought Mendez in like, you know, the most warious war that's ever been warred at featherweight. Um. And um, like Aldo was not gonna be back anytime soon. Um. So McGregor was like, "Fuck it." They got this uh big um. Super Bowl card or a uh, playoff card because that was the um, I think that was one of the first uh, like ALDS games or not hmm. we well, not not whatever the fuck they call the, the football semifinals before the Super Bowl and
0: yeah, he's my AFC NFC championship
1: yeah and they put it on FX so they were like okay we got this big weekend of like sports and we need a big fight for that weekend so they are just like fuck it um, we're going to name McGregor to do it and we'll put it in Boston
0: yeah, you know it is fine. I forgot. I forgot
1: the minutes fight
0: happened afterward. Yeah, but, but uh, Tennessee fight still stupid though.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I don't know how Beachy reacts like a southpaw like McGregor. Um, I, I think it'd be a tremendous fight. Um, I I think McGregor would do something. I would. I wanted Tony to do more in this fight, which is just a kick to the body, because like. He he had trouble landing on that jab. Like when he did, he busted open up Gaethje's lip. But like Gaethje was just countering the shit out of that jab a lot. Like he would roll underneath it and then come over the top with the overhand right. Uh, He would duck to the inside of it and counter with the left hook, or he would just double up and like overhand right to the left hook and then pivot out. Um, Like McGregor, not really a jabber. At least not against orthodox opponents traditionally. Uh, really likes to use those teeps to the, uh, to the stomach. Hmm.
2: Well,
0: we'll see. We'll see. Either way, good, good fights to be had for Gaethje in the future. Hopefully he gets the title fight, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how it, it all, all unfolds. But congrats to Justin Gaethje, uh, your new interim lightweight champion. He didn't accept the belt. He said he wants a real one. I feel you. I I am mad at it. <laughs> but, uh. Amazing performance from uh from Justin Gagey. Moving on. Co-main event. Phantomweight champion Henry Cejudo against Dominic Cruz. Um, I believe we both picked Cejudo in this fight, but we were both intrigued just to see if somehow Cruz could find a way to pull this off. Um, so,
1: like, theoretically, Cruz should be a tough matchup for Cejudo. I say theoretically because, like, Last night, we just saw Cejudo just kick the shit off his legs for like (laughs) six minutes. I was like, oh, yeah, no, this is what I imagined the all fight would look like for Cruz. Um, uh, And to his credit, Cruz found his groove um, a little bit um, in that second round. Uh, He started doing like punch-kick combinations because Cejudo is also somebody who is just terrible at guarding kicks. So, um, yeah. And
0: he was landing. He was landing a couple of good. He landed a
2: couple of clean shots.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 Um, absolutely. Like, the one, my favorite one was he, uh, ducked under for a single leg. Um, and Zahuda was like, he wasn't, I want to say biting, but he was fighting off those takedowns hard. He was like throwing, like, you know, wrestler instincts. Dude is an immovable rock when it comes to mm-hmm. wrestling. Um, so he, he was guarding against those takedowns hard. So he would duck down and Cruz would, um, Come back up with a punch and he landed like a really nice left hook. I want to say it was one of the last strikes he landed before he ended up getting knocked out. Um,
0: I feel like he did that a couple times. Like he was literally, I don't even think he really wanted to take down. No, no, no. They like,
1: were, yeah, they he were was fast. doing
0: it just to get in close.
1: Yeah. Like he, like he, to his credit, he was, when he could get Sojudo to come forward and like try to engage in like a pocket fight, like just a straight up boxing match, he was. He was landing more times than Cejudo was. Like it was close, but but he was. That's where his success was coming from. Um, that and the leg kicks. Um, the problem is, and I find it really funny um, that the headbutt happened. And I know some people said that that was Cejudo's fault. I think that's just what happens when you got a guy like Cruz who um
0: Yeah, bounces around so much. All these weird angles. But, like he's
1: always ducking down and shit. Um, so like the, the that that duck down that Cruz did was the same duck down uh, that that got
0: him, that got him, <laughs> got him <moved>. killed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I well, I thought when uh, they collect uh, uh, clash heads, I was like, well, I'm surprised that didn't ko uh, Cruz because Cejudo got that boy got a noggin. Yeah, really? <laughs> that, that boy got a noggin on him, man.
1: I, I know people were like saying like, oh, you know fuck Cejudo, um, for all the headbutts and whatever, because there were more than one, but, like, Cejudo's, like, way shorter than Cruz. Um, and when he commits on those punches, like, he really commits, and he moves his head out of the way for counterfire. But, like, Cruz also, like, has, like, exaggerated head movement on his punches. So, like, that was just bound to happen, especially when Cruz switches stances as often as he does. Um, but you no, know, it was a good fight up to the stoppage. Um, uh, it, it was a better cruise than I expected. Um, but the 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 what you call it, the finish was basically in mine with what I thought was going to happen. Cruz would duck down, and Udo being as quick and as um reactive as he is, uh, we just like hit him with something.
0: Yeah, I was depending. That at some point during this fight, Cejudo would just get get his timing down, and because of just how fast he is, he'll be able to catch Cruz or something. I didn't think it was gonna be a knee, but I was like, he he's he's gonna get the timing down at some point, and he's he's gonna crack him with something.
1: This fight just reminds me how amazing Demetrius Johnson is. I'm just saying, because he mm. beats Cejudo <laughs> twice,
0: yeah, allegedly, <laughs> twice, Alleg- allegedly.
1: So. so- Mighty Mouse out kickboxed um, Cejudo in that fight. He Cejudo won with the strength of like takedowns and like just lay and pray. Um, so since then Cejudo has knocked out T.J. Delishaw, Mon and then uh, up to Dominic Cruz. Mm. So um, yeah, shouts to D.J. True Trugo. <laughs>
0: I, I was feeling bad for Cruz because, like, once the Hudo started landing those leg kicks, and I, I felt like I was noticing that, like, the footwork wasn't getting him frustrated. I was like, oh, he's going he's gonna to catch him eventually. Like, it's 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 a waiting game at this point. Right. Like, he's landing these leg kicks. He's got Cruz jumping around and <laughs> doing what Cruz does. I was like, at some point, and like you said, he was doing good in the pocket exchanges. But I just felt like if he, if Cruz couldn't legit – hurt Cejudo, that it was just a waiting game. At some point, Cejudo's going to find him, and it's, you know, we're going to get what we
1: got. Yeah. Um. Um, it's amazing how many different um, approaches that Cejudo has, because, like, we, like we, we've seen him just go straight-up pure fucking stalker, um, like, aggressive... A uh, uh, pressure fighter, like against D.J. and against Marma Rice and T.J. Dillashaw, but like against like guys like Hilson Hayes and Dominic Cruz, he's just been like, okay, I'll be patient. Um, you know, uh, he he did a little bit more pressure here than he did against uh, Hayes, but um, he, he was patient, just like I, I wouldn't even say he was pressuring so much as he was just following Cruz around. Um, just kicking the shit out of him like when he did pressure, that's when I think Cruz was having a more his most success um, but yeah, no, that was some just like really good fighting from uh um, soto um that he's got a
0: crazy resume,
1: dude, yeah, like it, it like,
0: <laughs> his resume is 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 looking kind of wild now, like
1: like dude, like going back to um fucking. Juicier Formiga, who is an amazing win to have on your resume, um, like dude has just been solid. Like what the what me?
0: And we've legit like seen him evolve. Like I I, rem- I was thinking like right after he caught Cruz with that knee and he won. I remember us recording, you know, a few All years right. back in who earlier fights, and we were like, I hope he just takes this serious like because like back when he was like missing weight and it seemed like he just wasn't all the way focused like he just wasn't all the way there
1: like i remember we we sat here um after uh god what, what fight was it no I, I think it was on tumblr actually like like we talked about it a little bit like after he beat like chico cam uh Camus and we were both like, everybody was just like like, I re- like he doesn't seem to be getting better, he just seems to be really good at this one thing, which is just because his main form of taking people down is literally just to truck them and nobody right. can stop him because he's so fast and so fucking strong.
0: Truck them, get in, get a single leg, just
1: and, and lay in their guard, right? <laughs> for... That used to be his style, and we saw that come back against Sergio Perez a little bit, but like outside of like, but since getting need in the gut by freaking dj like he has been nothing short oh, of just like awesome to watch
0: yeah minus minus the cringe and all that the man is he's a stud he he's a stud he is he is definitely a stud i mean
1: like going back to 2018 just on name value alone who has like a uh demetrius johnson tj dillashawn Ma mar marice and fucking dominic cruz on the resume
0: right that's that's insane like <laughs> that is that is those are some name names to have on your record
1: like I'm trying to think like Khabib maybe um Volkanovsky you know uh Aldo uh Holloway Mendez um like Khabib like even Khabib only has like Connor and Poirier and yeah, you know, nothing against either one of those fighters. Um, it's just like the, so, the so lack Udo's of volume. So, got some all
0: time greats. Yeah, yeah. some all time greats under his belt, and he did them like back to back to back to back.
1: Dude, dude has wins over the best two, bantamweights ever, arguably. Yep. Um, and and we, both of them, and we, but we, I think we'd all pick him to fucking obliterate Cody Oh, mm.
0: <laughs> Lord. That that yeah
2: yeah um but well,
0: I guess that, the the the, so, the talk so have, after this fight yeah yeah well there,
1: uh, there's there's multiple talks after this fight if we're being real because um
0: well you know what well, I'll the save the stoppage. crew up for last because I, I I didn't hear about that one
1: you want to talk about the stoppage you want to talk about Cejudo retiring
0: oh uh all right the the, the stoppage
1: okay so the stoppage came after the knee Cejudo um. Dominic Cruz got back to his knees. So Julio got on his back and proceeded to throw, like, somewhere from 8 to 12 unanswered shots. Um, Cruz was trying to crawl himself to the cage so he can get his base. um, And the referees hopped in as Cruz was putting his foot up. So, to me, I I didn't think it was a controversial stoppage. Uh, If it was me in that position, I... Think I would have let Cruz fight out the round because there was only two seconds left in it. Um, I don't think um, I, it was Keith Peterson who made the call. I believe um, um, I, do, I don't think Keith Peterson realized that Cruz was like getting to his base, but at the same time, like you're eating unanswered shots, um, like. There's no such thing as a contextless like stoppage. Um, like I'm sure Keith Peterson realized, okay, Don McCruise hasn't fought in three and a half years. Um, the last time he did fought, he got his ass handed to him, like really badly. He's thirty five. Like Henry Sojudo has obliterated, like I'm i I'm sure all these things were if not consciously, were like subconsciously in like um Peterson's mind. He he's just like, yeah, I'm a, um, so like he's, in, he's just eating like a dozen shots to the side of the head and he's still on the ground. I think I'm going to just call it. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: it, to me, it was in the same, like, I, I thought he should have let it go. But it was one of those things, to me, it was like a timing thing. It was like, at the time that he stepped in, it was looking bad. And then, like, a split second later, you notice, like, oh, he was actually trying to get up. Yeah. And it was kind of like he was just kind of caught. He it, it was... And at least I'll, I'll give the ref credit that he didn't hesitate. Like, when he decided to step in, he stepped in. But it was just like just right at the time he stepped in, if he would have waited, like, a split second more, he probably would have just let it keep going. But at the very moment he decided to step in, it did look bad. But it... Yeah, it it was... I wish we could have got another round because I think Cruz could have went another round. But if I'm being honest, and I know you you can't really predict these things because the fight game is, is, is crazy. You never know what can really happen. I feel like the inevitable was coming anyway, if I'm being honest, though I would have at least liked to see it play out. But I guess that's the only reason like I'm not too salty about the stoppage because I feel like. I think eventually we might have gotten to this point again, and I don't know. It's like if you're a Cruz fan, I, I I feel for you. I feel for you. That's that's not the way you want to see your guy go out.
1: You, you don't want to see the guy with the the Dominic Cruz throw pillow, um, you know, fucking knock him out in uh, uh such a right. Yeah, devastating, know, like, devastating <laughs> like and like, um like like 5050 stoppage or whatever yeah. you know
0: and, and especially considering that even though like Cruz, even though he has you know been away for a while it's not like Cruz has a history of getting knocked out or you know taking like a ton of punishment like he's not that kind of guy so you you, you almost feel like he should kind of get the benefit of the doubt but it just
1: but again three years
0: it, 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 three years just like I said literally the time that Peterson decided to step in like it, it I, I feel you if you're angry I definitely feel you it, it's kind of one of them things where it just I guess it is what it is if, like
1: if, it, if Cejudo was way less cringy this would not be an issue I'm just, uh... <laughs>
0: yeah yeah it sucks man I feel for Cruz because like like you said he did look a lot better than I thought he would and he was starting to kind of like find his groove in that second round so, I don't know. Like, had we got a third round, maybe things could have gotten more interesting, or maybe we would have ended up getting the same result. I guess we'll never know now. But, um...
1: But, so, it, before we move on to Suhudo retiring, uh, Dominic Cruz was not happy about the stoppage, obviously. Um, and he had some shit to say about Keith Peterson at the post-fight show, because I know they interviewed him in the cage. I don't remember what he said. Um, I, I... It was... It was basically along the lines of, you know, fucking give me the opportunity to defend myself, or whatever, um... But what he did say was Dominic Cruz, um, that Keith Peterson smelled like alcohol and cigarettes during his fight and said he wanted a referee change as soon as he stepped in the octagon.
0: Oh, I did hear about that. Yeah. I did hear about that. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he, so, he said that, that man was roughing while he... Yeah. Roughing under the influence?
1: That's his Uh, accusation. uh,
2: I don't know.
1: So for a guy who always chastises fighters for having excuses when they lose, um, not a good look. Not
0: a good look. Um, But what if, if, though, we do find out that, like, Peterson was wasted before this fight?
1: it It wouldn't... Affects my like opinion on his stoppage maybe like on his professionalism but not on the stoppage in particular
0: you know the, the alcohol made him uh empathetic he was he didn't want to see him go through that <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's like one of them sad junks like bro like i don't want to see you i don't want to see you like this man like oh man that'd have been wild if he really was drunk and he started like hugging cruz after fight like i didn't want to see you go through that man i ain't you know you're a good guy. <laughs> oh, man. MMA. Circus.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of circus, Henry Cejudo retired. Uh, yeah, <laughs> allegedly. 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 Uh, apparently, Henry Cejudo has been upset about his contract. Um, about he, he feels like he's not getting paid enough. Which, you know, he probably isn't, if we're being honest who on the UFC roster actually is getting paid like what they probably should be getting paid. But, um, you know, he, 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 his in cage, uh, reason for retiring was he's been competing since he was 11. Um, he has, you know, um, the, a little girl, or well, no, 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 he has a, a girlfriend at home and he wants to start a family. Um, you know, this, that, and the third, um, which is all believable. I mean, like, this is a kid who, fucking, I, Did Hudo. Hold up. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, Hudo. Uh, dude, New Mexico, two years. Hudo never slept on his bed.
0: Like the man hasn't stopped. Like.
1: Yeah. No. So, dude, his wrestling career. Um. He's been wrest like he was wrestling internet like nationally with like the U.S. wrestling team when he was in high school, like full time. Like, he lived in Colorado Springs as a teenager. Like this dude's life has been nothing but competition. Um, yeah, and when he wasn't doing that, he was doing like boxing. So like I can understand if he's like really like. You know what? I'm not getting paid enough. Like I have all like I I got this money. I got a gold medal. I can go do the like motivational speaker tour thing and make some decent cash. Um, I can go do. I can go coach wrestling. You know, I I can, he There's talk about him wanting to make the Olympic wrestling team for next year. Um, yeah, because they pushed back the summer games this year. Um, so like, I, he's got options. He's he's got options besides fighting. Um you know, the the there's a, uh, there's a, there's a reason to believe this is all just a ploy for him to get paid more um in long term you know he retires uh Dana White realizes that he has Peter Jan who barely speaks English and Aljamain Sterling <laughs> left to carry the torch at he's like okay you'll get an extra quarter of a million dollars um but it, it could just it could just be that he's tired uh but no, I mean, knowing Cejudo, it's probably not. But it's always possible. Um,
0: I thought it was funny that when he, uh, <laughs> during his little retirement speech, he looked over to Dana. Thank you, Dana. Dana gave him like this little half thumbs up. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: this kid doing.
1: I, 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 I kind of like that. Cejudo, despite like him and Dana White seemingly being on the same page, just continues to find ways to get under what <laughs> underneath <laughs> that White's skin. I mean, like-, like, so here's the thing: none of the fighters got hazard pay for this card. Like, I'm, I'm a hundred percent sure none of them got like a bonus, like an actual like raise for taking these fights. So I can understand the frustration to be like, okay, I fucking fought in the middle of a fucking pandemic where it was like impossible to get here for you, and you still won't pay me more. So fuck you, I'm out. All right.
0: This is. And this this is why, and I won't harp on this because this leads to a whole nother discussion. But this is why, man, like MMA as a whole won't attract the majority of like the best athletes is because they don't have enough incentive to really stick around for that long. Cause like yeah. unless you make it to the top one percent, it's like, what am I putting my body through all this this trouble for?
1: Exactly. Like, The only people you'll attract are people like, um, I don't know, like a Ross Pearson type, like who is a a really good fighter, not championship level fighter, and he's like, "This is what I've been doing since I was 16 years old. I don't know how to do anything else." Like,
0: right. So I'm gonna just keep doing this until my body tells me that I can't.
1: Yeah, basically. And then I'll go open a gym, because that's the way these things go. Um, and you know what? That worked for the UFC because they are not in the interest of putting on the best product like possible. They are, or growing the sport, really. They are simply in the business of putting on content, putting out content. They're, they're, they're basically like a YouTube channel like that has to upload every day. It's like, we have, right. to, we have to put on 50 cards a year or else uh, we won't get all the money that ESPN promised us.
0: Right. It's like, bro, if you want, if you really want to get the best athletes, and more importantly, if you want to retain the best athletes that you do have, bro, you got to pay up, man. Like, bro, there are dudes in the NFL on the bench who ain't never going to play a game in their life, and they're still making more money than, like, half the people on this card.
1: Dude, the, the number 55 guy on the fucking worst team in the NFL made more money in like a month than Henry Zahudo Hadid has probably in like his entire UFC career if we'll be honest. Right.
0: Like I gotta pay these dudes, man. Like and like I said, all all cringe aside, gold medalist, two division champ. Like get get it, get that man his money. I I know a lot of people don't like him. He he he, he a little weird.
1: He calls but... out people who are old and decrepit. Which right. Is about, which is
0: <laughs> right. But at the end of the day, the accolades back it up, man. He he's he's earned his spot here. I can't take that away from him. He's he's earned his spot here. Um Pay pay the man his money. Uh, pay the man his money.
1: I wanna see him fight Peter Jan, but I don't think that'll ever happen. Unless Peter Yan's the champion and he wants the title again, or whatever. Yeah. I don't know if they actually vacated the title. Like, because there's no like formal like Body, it's just like Dana. You're all right, give me the belt.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't heard nothing. So either we're gonna get Cerruto Yan or we're gonna get a vacate, I and we'll get Yon. And Lord, yeah, yeah, that might be next. Yeah. Lord, Then God, Yon, yawn and Aljo are just gonna get left out in the cold just forever. Yep. Yeah. Like, ah, this sport. I feel like it's another reason why I'm sort of like I feel so detached from this sometimes. Like, bro, this just isn't even real. Like, it's, like, what am I even watching anymore? Dude, like,
1: I've I've long, long, long since given up on like the UFC titles meaning anything. They're a promotional tool. Um, it, basically. I mean, all titles are promotional tools, but like, they're, 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 like it's on the whim of the matchmaker and Dana White, you know? Right. So like. I'm I'm over that. I just want to see like high class fighters fight one another. Give me <sighs> in, give me interesting matchups and I'll be happy.
0: We'll see. Mo- moving on. Next fight. We don't got to spend too much time on this one because it lasted all the twenty seconds. Uh, <laughs> heavyweights. It's not a UFC pay per view if there are no heavyweights. There
1: were four heavyweights on this one, mm-hmm. for some reason.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well maybe if yeah. <laughs> But it, friends and Ganu, in Ganu, Jazinha Rosenstruop, Rosenstrike. Um The funny thing about this fight to me was uh it starts off with Rosenstrike throwing a couple leg kicks. And then Ganu just blitzes him. And it's funny because the first like four punches of that blitz he missed.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: Like <laughs> the right hand missed, the left that followed missed. The downward like right missed, and then he caught him with a left and just cleaned him. And that was that. Um, I think we both picked Nganu. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if I remember, yeah. Like Rosenstrike, like I get it. You you got this little roll going, but you were losing like ninety percent of the overring fight. And albeit he does have ridiculous power, you're you're talking about Francis Nganu.
1: Also, I have ridiculous power and ridiculous reflexes.
0: Right. So it just... Anything can happen at heavyweight, but this ain't the guy that you want to come out and just try to throw hands with. He is going to kill you. Uh, and then <sighs> give a very soft-spoken post-fight interview because he's a really nice guy. Yep. Um,
1: um,
0: but he can kill you.
1: Yep. So, somewhere, Todd Duffy is gaming mad because Nganou threw the same fucking disgusting hook that he threw against <laughs> Frank Mir that ended up getting him knocked out. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Got him sent straight to the
2: next life.
1: The difference being that Frank Mir, unlike Rosenstrike, planted his feet and countered as opposed to ran straight backwards into the cage. Right. So, as we all know, People forget how to do things when they fight Fresh Segato because he's a terrifying individual.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I, I can't even fault you. That's. I mean, I, I see a right hand like that swinging at me.
1: I can't because like, it just guarantees <laughs> you're going to lose.
0: But I'm just like, if I see somebody swing a right hand like that, I might turn and just run away. Like, yeah, that, it probably would that, be a better <laughs> idea. Like, just turn and run because. That's not what you want. You don't want those issues, man. That man swings and just... He just, like, all the particles in the room had to move. Like, he just knocked everything
1: over. Like... Uh, yeah. So, in that type of situation, you would hope that the person you are fighting pivots out and gets back, or, or the person being charged pivots out and moves to the center of the cage, Right. So you hope. Yeah, not a royal strike. He, he backs up straight into the cage. The, like, if he had planted his feet and thrown a punch, he might have knocked out um, Nganu.
0: Or at least got him to back off. But, yeah, you run to the back, you eventually run out of real estate, and now you're in a corner. Yeah. And, yep. Being in a corner against Ngannou is uh, a death sentence.
1: R.I.P. Biggie Boy. Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, That's a we'll good. So, so Sensei, we have since the Derek Lewis fight, you've probably seen um, Nganu for like a collected like four minutes in of cage time, most of which came against uh, what's his face, the guy. Judah. Yeah, and you know. That wasn't very long either. Yeah, I'll try to forget that one. <laughs> um, n- nothing happened in that fight. Up in, like be- Besides a couple leg kicks and JDS just trying his hardest not to engage. Um, so let's see. 45 seconds, 26 seconds, 1 minute, 11 seconds, 20 seconds. So I was wrong. It's been like three minutes of cage time <laughs> since the Derek Lewis fight. If you were to guess, do you think Francis who has gotten any better? Uh, I mean... Because <laughs> I'm going to say no after that.
0: The thing is, I, I feel like we can't judge until we see him go like... Well, no, the J- JDS went. Did that go two rounds? No. Okay, I only went one. Okay. No. no. I feel like we re- we, we're we not going to find out until the next title fight, which he's, he's going to have to make it to one. Him and Stipe might
1: have to fight again. Did you see that... Uh, did you see that reaction shot of uh, D- Daniel, Daniel Cormier? <laughs> yeah. Where he's like, oh, shit, this guy's in my division. Right. <laughs> so, That's a terrible... So, like, I, I would have retired think, on air. Yeah, I think I said it before. Like, I think is If Stipe's eyes are good and, like, his... like, I, I think he's still a tough matchup for... Uh, for I'm not sure where I fall on the spectrum of like can he will he win a rematch with Ngano because like he's been knocked out and he was in that fucking fight uh with DC last time where like he just kept eating punches to the face. Uh, okay. if he did that against Ngano he'd die. Um but he'd probably wrestle more, so who knows. But I think he'd absolutely fucking like the shit up about DC. <laughs> like, just absolute like left hook lift him off the ground punch him into another dimension
0: i think dc would just try to hold him against the cage i don't think that
1: would work
0: uh, yeah I'm saying, i don't know if it'll work but i think that's gonna be the plan like i'm gonna just try to get in close he's gonna wing one of these wild punches i'm a duck under and i'm gonna just hold him against
1: the cage because like, just... dc does not shoot like steve issues steve can like uh, like he'll turn faints into like double legs and like run you off your feet. DC is like I'm a he's very much a I have to pick you up and slam you down type of wrestler who has a bad back. So bad that he sneezed once and threw it out right before a fight <laughs> with Derek Lewis. Like I don't imagine that fight going well for him. Bro, and
0: no- coming to the realization that Nganu is in your division and y'all are probably like one rank
2: away from each other, <laughs> bro.
0: I would have, I would have texted Dana at the table like, "Yeah, I think uh, I'm gonna get that letter. I'm putting in my two weeks uh, after this card over."
1: Like I have, you know, I have, uh, I don't have much family. Interest, yeah, I don't have much interest <laughs> in DC Steep A Three. Um,
0: yeah, that's one of the only trilogies that if we don't get the rubber match, I'm I'm actually good. Yeah.
1: I'm good. And, and Garu has no way you left to fight. Do you want to see him rematch uh Derek Lewis? cuz he's number 5? No,
0: nah, we we we're on we good on that. <laughs> we we good on that.
1: Cuz the only other option is to have him fight Volkov. And i feel bad for Volkov cuz Volkov's last fight was Greg Hardy.
0: I would like to see Volkov get a chance at a title fight, so I don't want somebody to murder him before he...
1: Uh, I mean, if Walt Harris is his Overeem, we'll probably mm. get... Like, it, it, it... here's another thing uh, that we didn't mention in the news in the segment. Dana White threatening to fucking strip first responder Stephen Miocic of his title. Wow.
0: Yeah. Oh, that yeah, I didn't really read into it. Yeah, I forgot because is a firefighter.
1: Yep. He's also a paramedic, if I remember correctly.
0: Talk about a great PR move. Yep. <laughs> talk, talk about a great PR move. Let's strip the guy who's legit out here trying to save lives because he won't. Uh,
1: Put his life on man. hold to go cage fight in Florida in front of no people. Yeah.
0: In a division that, if we're being honest, we can wait on that fight. I don't think anybody's clamoring for the... I mean, you,
1: you just booked an interim title fight for the lightweight title. Why are you not... Like, if DC's ready to go, and Ngannou's ready to go, just Fuck, and, and they both want the title, let them fight for the interim title. Though I don't think DC would do it. And I wouldn't blame them. Cause, nope, I wouldn't either. Yeah, who, like, who the fuck wants to fight against <laughs> Ngannou?
0: <laughs> Get that guy! I, I'm going back to 205 to fight Jones. Get this.
1: <laughs> okay, here's the other thing. If Ngannou just goes out there in a rematch with Stipe and just like ices him in like 20 seconds, who the hell else is he going to fight? Because he's like, okay, so there's Stipe, DC, then Engano, right? Rankings. Curtis Blades. Engano stopped him twice. JDS knocked out. Derek Lewis. Lost to, but I don't think anybody in their right mind would ever want to see that fight ever again. Um, nope. uh, uh hey, Rosenstrike just knocked out Volkov.
2: It's, it's
0: it comes down to Volkov and Walt Harris. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's it.
1: Next up would be Joey's dad, uh, Shamil.
0: No, no. Sorry, Joey.
1: Yeah. So, like, and then, like, Overeem and Augusto Sakai. Like, I don't want to see Francis Agano fight Augusto Sakai. No. Like,
0: if if Walt Harris ices Overeem, just throw Walt Harris up to the top three. Just let him just leapfrog, like, at this point.
1: This is wild. Like, Engaru, despite not winning the title, has put together one of the all-time great heavyweight customers.
0: <laughs> Cleaning dudes, man.
1: Uh, we're not um. even sure if he's good. That's the funny part. <laughs> <laughs> it's the vision.
0: <laughs> Boy, uh, uh, tell me man, when you got that kind of power, it just it negates everything else.
1: Like at least with Deontay Wilder, we have like rounds, you know? Like right. he doesn't always ice the dude in the first round. Like and, and Gao is literally just like you just barnstormed a dude, like that, that, Like I, I joked, like that was the ugliest flurry I think I've ever seen in like high level MMA, and it worked because this is a guy who is big as shit, strong as shit, and scary as shit. Like I, I like you said, I can't blame Rosenstrike for like just running backwards because like what do the. Like,
0: like bro, like, what is happening right now
1: still, like, <laughs> deer in the headlights.
0: like oh snap this is the guy i called out
1: <laughs> he's like oh <laughs> all right. my training is gone
0: all right i'm looking at the corner like bro get me out of here <laughs> like why didn't y'all tell me this how scary he was i didn't know oh man yeah that is uh heavyweight man Just... It's heavyweight. What can you say? But congrats to Francis Ngannou. He murdered a man in 20 seconds. And we'll we'll see uh we'll see if he has earned himself a title shot. We'll see how that all pans out. Uh, moving on to featherweight, we'll really catch weight because one of these gentlemen decided that he was going to come in at like 150 pounds. You know,
1: if it was anybody but Jeremy Stevens, I'd probably be more sympathetic because you know who? How the hell is anybody making weight? I sure. Yeah, I
0: will say that I'm I'm impressed that he was the only one on this card who did who missed weight. Like everybody seemed to be on point. Well, I, I I didn't
2: expect
1: that. I think a part of it is that most of these people were supposed to fight like three weeks ago, and Dana White was basically like, "Guys, keep training. We're going to have a card soon." Um, but like even then, like the gyms have been closed for like a month and a half now. Right for a lot of these people, so, so who knows?
0: I don't know the work they have putting in, but kudos. hmm But, uh, Calvin Cater, Jeremy Stevens. Um, to Stevens' credit, excuse me, started off really good. Had a lot of, um, leg kicks going in the first. He's battering Cater's leg up actually pretty good in that first yep. round. Had some good pressure going. It seemed like it was just taking Cater a bit of time to just kind of just get the motor going like it, it was a lot of him just circling on the outside steven's just lighting him up with leg kicks giving him good pressure landing some good shots and you're just kind of waiting for kato like all right now anytime let's uh <laughs> let's, let's get this going but i picked you you got you gotta do something um and then he did something um felt feel like he started to get momentum i think towards the end of that first he started to finally like throw some combinations And boy, when Cater, like, decides to throw, like, a three-piece or a four-piece, is it just, like, a beautiful thing to watch. Um, It just looks so clean. Just so... Just looks so perfect when he does it. Um, But Stevens did good that first round. He did really good the first round. Second round starts. Cater kind of, you know, he starts to kind of get the motor going a little bit. He's starting to return fire a bit more. Um, I can't remember at what moment. It was at one, one moment in that second round where he threw like a four piece and I think he had backed Stevens up to the cage like all right here we go the fight started now now we're here and then not too long after that um when he KO'd Stevens I didn't even realize what had happened I didn't see the elbow I just like looked up and Stevens was just like dying (laughs) and then he got elbowed again and then like he was so slow to get up I was like but what did he even get hit with like And then I saw the replay. I was like, oh, he destroyed his entire life with a step-in elbow, and just, boom, like, (laughs) wrecked the man's life, destroyed all that progress that Stevens had made, and made it mean nothing, um, nah man, when when Cater gets those hands going, which he did more of in that second round, leading up to the elbow, that's a scary dude, man, um, combinations really fluid um good just mix of of combinations didn't like that he ate so many leg kicks but he did start to throw leg kicks of his own in the second cuz he actually messed Steven's leg up pretty good in that second round like once he finally just starts getting the motor going like he he is a scary dude man cuz those hands just when they when they start letting loose it's it's a problem it is it is a problem
1: yeah Again, I, I I knew Stevens was going to uh had leg kicks in the arsenal. Uh, we saw him cut apart uh Gilbert Melendez. But like I, I didn't think he would be able to build off it very much. Um I thought it was like a, like too slow, too um too too much like plotting uh to be able to catch Calvin Cater clean, like he would need to, to be able to beat him. Uh you know, Cater, just one of the best jabs in MMA. Just absolutely fucking sounds like a firecracker when every time he hits Stevens. Um, the elbow, really smooth, um, really nice. The second elbow that he hit on the ground, true. Just scary shit. Um, I did find it funny his post-fight interview that he was like, "Everybody fucking talks about the leg kicks." He probably he used those words like explicitly, and. Okay, I checked all of them, and I was like, no, you didn't. No. <laughs>
0: Matt was chewing your leg
1: up. Yeah, um... Yeah, so, I'm, I'm happy for Gator. He got another win. Um, you know, got back in the wind column after uh, that fight with, uh... Magomed Sharapov. Um Yeah, um... You know, not a whole lot... Like I, I don't have, like, a whole lot more to say about that one, um... I will say, John Anik, fucking, I, I, I know, I know it's tempting, but you've got to resist the urge to, you, do you remember what he said when Cater um, landed the elbow?
2: Uh-uh.
1: He said something, and I'm paraphrasing, um, he said something along the lines of, Calvin Cater with the real Boston Bomb! And my brain like, what? Oh,
0: yeah, you can't. (laughs) Yeah, you
1: can't.
0: Yeah, you can't say that one, but... Yeah, not a... Not a good uh, usage of words there, buddy. Might want to... Yeah. But it's Anik, man. Like (laughs) Anik just... Anik gotta have a moment at least once a card where he just says something. It's like, all right, man, this guy... What's he doing? Um, real quick before we move on, how how, how do you think Cater's ceiling is?
1: Um, uh, like I don't know. Like he's, I I can't. I don't know so, if he's getting better.
0: I feel like something's still missing. Something's still. I don't want to say not clicking, but I just feel like there's something he just needs to add to his game, and I don't know what it is that could kind of take him to that that next level, to kind of really get him up there with the bigger names.
1: Yeah. Um, I'd like to see him kick more. Um, I'd like to see him, because I think that's a good way to, you know, at, at least limit some of the uh, the kicking that's done to him. And we saw a little bit of that here. Um, like, he, he's going to have to, uh, like, because like his stance his is so forward-reliant. Um, I noticed this last, like, he, like, uh, he, he, he is, um, he, he loads up on that front foot a lot, um, while moving around, um, and that's partially why he gets kicked so damn often, and why it's so hard for him to check kicks, um, and I don't know if that's like a conscious thing he does, so that he can get more weight on that jab, even though that's not how that works, but, um, like, I'd like to see him work more on, um, I, I I guess, taking um, taking it to his opponents. I know he likes to be an outfighter, but, like, if you're getting kicked, the best way to stop that from happening is to push people back. Um because
0: yeah, he kind of just gave up. I do not say gave up that first round, but Stephen just kind of ran away with it. Like, <laughs> he just, he got off to that fast start, and it was like, Kader hey, just kind of was just waiting for something and it's like alright bud like I mean I know you don't want to rush in and do nothing crazy but kind of gotta you gotta create something for yourself you know yeah I don't know yeah it's like he's like if it an NBA equivalent I can't think of a player but like there are certain players that are good but they can't like create their own shot like they're good like off ball <laughs> but like if they if you try to make them, like, break down like a defender, like, they can't do it. They they need to be set up, kind of, to get the shot going. Now, I feel like he had, like, a little bit of that. Like, he kind of just, he's, like, waiting for, like, a moment or something. And it's like, you just kind of got to, just kind of make it happen. Like, don't be reckless, but, you know. Like you said, take take it to him a little more. Yeah, I, I think that could, could work out for him. Because you got, like, you have the hand talent. So you could, I trust you to get in hopefully not get clipped too bad like you can go in and put some hands on somebody real quick and get out without you know taking too much damage but um i don't know we'll see good good win nonetheless though that was a brutal finish um i ain't gonna lie. for a few seconds i was worried for stevens because he, he took a while to when he sat back up and he was just kind of just look just sitting there and that blood was just pouring from his head i was like bro he looks like he just got in like a car accident like that was that was brutal. That was a brutal elbow. But um, shout out to Calvin Cater. Um, real quick, was that a better KO than the Ngannou, Or Or you taking Nganu?
1: That was better. It was better. It was less scary, but it was better.
0: Yeah, i not say that. We don't see elbow KOs like that often. You gotta you gotta cherish those. Got gotta cherish the elbow KOs. So shout out to Calvin Cater. in a, in a night full of stoppages on the main card minus the next fight we'll get to Um, Definitely managed to stand out because that was that was a brutal elbow So shout out to Calvin Cater definitely looking forward to whatever his next fight is to see if he can See if he can get him get get himself a few more consecutive wins see if he can keep climbing up the ladder, but great win nonetheless And our last fight on the main card uh, Greg Hardy versus Jorgen DeCastro Not a lot to talk about in this fight first round the Castro kind of really took it to him lots of good leg kicks um backed Hardy up a couple of times was landing some really just good solid fast punches good counters and then I don't know if it was in the first or the second where I guess he checked the kick and messed up his foot I'm assuming that's what happened I don't know but he literally just like stopped throwing in the second and
1: third I think he broke a toe
0: yeah, he, he, he messed up something, because the the output drop just didn't make sense.
1: Um, I mean, he was a winning Hardy, decision anyway, because those judges gave Hardy the first round.
0: What? Oh, yeah, he, he did get there. Wow. Yeah. I didn't rewatch the fight, so maybe I'm missing something.
1: There was some questionable judging all night long. Um, it's worth noting that the judges weren't actually in the building for the card. Um, if I remember correctly. They were, like, um... At, watching on TV? They were, yeah, they were watching on TV. Like a satellite site.
0: But we all saw the same. Like, <laughs> there's no way he won that first round. Brother Castro was eating that man alive in the first round. I don't know. Maybe I missed something. I'm not gonna go back and watch the fight anyway. Because I'm not that invested into it. But... I don't see how you give Hardy that first round. Second and third, yeah, he won them basically going output because the flow literally just didn't throw anything. But I don't know. Um, the Greg Hardy thing is kind of tiring for me. I think at this point I've accepted that he's a thing, uh, uh, he, but I'm like, do we have to? Do we have to put him on main? Card? Like, why is he kicking off the card? Like,
1: it's like when he's not just bulldozing dudes, he's not fun to watch.
0: I mean, y'all put him in over Pettis and Cerrone. Who, albeit, they're, like, hitting the journeyman status at this point, but...
1: it was a better fight of, than this.
0: Right. And in terms of, like, just status in their respective places in the sport, like, they deserve the main car slot. Or even if you would have threw Luke and in, in Price to kick off the main card, because we knew that was going to be violence. But, like, Hardy and cat Dike- like, come on, man. That is not a main... Come on, man. On a pick... Come on. Like... <laughs> I was talking about. I went. I had a little back and forth about that on somebody on Twitter. Like, it's, no, no. Like, I get why Greg Hardy's here. I understand it. I get it. He's a name.
1: But that's the thing. He's not. Nobody here Yeah. Seems yeah to like. Care. Yeah, like he he is,
0: but like he's a name because if you're in the sports world, like you know who he is. You know. The abuse things. Like you you know. And I'm I'm a I'm a Cowboys fan, so I know him. He played on my team. I I know he. imagine a knucklehead. We he, we're a team full of knuckleheads. That's a whole other story but like he, like we 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 know who greg hardy is but like he's not he's not a needle mover nobody looked at this pay-per-view and said yo greg hardy's fighting gotta order this that nobody did that man like come on what are we doing and like you said like when he's not landing a ko it's not like he's like i get it. like i said at this point i've accepted that he's a thing if y'all gonna bring him on to fight all right whatever just whatever but main card slots, like, come on, bro. Put put this man on the prelim. Let him get, you know, if you're going to build him up, build him up. Whatever you want to do with him. But main card slot, especially on a pay-per-view. On a fight night, maybe. Maybe. I get it. Because some of the fight nights, they'd they be a little thin. So, all right. Maybe you can squeeze them in on, on the main card on fight night. But on, on a pay-per-view, like, come on, man. Like, what, what are we doing? But whatever, man. Greg Hardy won. Blah. Uh, so on and so forth but that was the main card of UFC 249 um, literally outside of that Hardy and the Castro fight um, great main card man like a brutal elbow from Stevens and what was a good fight who killed the man in 20 seconds and the main event and co-main event both delivered both ended up being finishes and they were both fantastic performances um, so I was thoroughly pleased with the main card um, like I said, outside of that first fight it picked up after that, and it was. There were good times to be had. There were a lot of good performances. I would definitely uh, tell anybody if you didn't get a chance to watch it, uh, go back and watch the main card minus the first fight. You can go ahead and skip that. Ain't ain't, you ain't miss much of nothing. But everything from Calvin Cater and Jeremy Stevens up, go give that a watch. Lots of good uh, lots of good times happening. Um, well over two hours, so I don't want to spend too much time on this. But prelim spotlight. Um, you know what? I'm a, I'm gonna be fair and let you do the good fights. <laughs> uh because I, I feel like there are two that i know you'll talk about um i'm gonna pick the one that i got right <laughs> the old man fight <laughs> that i got
1: right okay. um, um i don't so here's the thing i know you you want you you set it up for me to talk about pettis cerrone i don't remember that fight oh that must uh, be so. <laughs> Uh, so All right. I, i'll start off by talking about uh, uh, vicente Luque, nico price um damn what a great fight um neither crazy that i end up with a bonus for like fight of the night um because i thought it was the best fight of the night um hey, tony for uh Gechi just got too one-sided by the end of it for me to really see as my fight of the night but um yeah, Luke got off to a hard, uh, a hot start. Um, looked like he was um, about to put the a repeat performance on Price, where he gets him out of there early. Uh, was uh doing a really good job of countering Price when um, cause, cause Price has two types of jabs, a proper jab where he shucks the lead shoulder forward, transfers all the way, uh transfers the hip uh, the weight to his back hip and comes down with his head. And then he has the other one where he gets all up on his front foot and goes, like, past his opponent's head with the jab. Um, he was countering that really well. And then Price landed an inderson Silva-style front kick to the face out of nowhere. Um, and that rocked the shit out of Luke. Um, Price was able to get the takedown uh, not too long after that. Um, really had him hurt at certain points, um... Uh, and it was similar in the second round where Luke got off to a hot start, and all, out of nowhere, Price lands, like, a right hook around Luke's guard, uh, that really rocks him. Um, and has him hurt. Um, I don't remember if he got a takedown in that round. Um, I think he did, but, like, Luke got up real quick. Um, third round comes around, Luke uh... Um, and Price actually gets off to a really good start. Uh, it looks like he's about to run away with the round. Um, he throws one of the bad types of jabs he throws at uh, Luke. Luque ducks underneath, comes back up, encounters with a left hook that puts him on the ground, um, follows him to the ground. Price tries to go for a triangle, doesn't get it. Luke a gets up. Price gets up. The referee hops in, uh, calls the doctor. doctor says that Price's eyes close shut. Um, and the doc uh, uh, and the ref calls off the fight. Uh, tremendous back and forth fight.
0: Yeah, th- th- this was one of the fights on the card that, if you were in the know, you had this one circled. You knew how violent this was going to be, and it lived up to. It was exactly what you thought it would
1: be. Um, I've seen some people say that this is Luke a on the decline because he got rid of Price way easier the first time, and you know that might be a case. This is. Luke's like, what, 28, 29, and he's been fighting since he was 17. So, you know, uh, a dozen years under your belt. And, like, the type of fights that Luke guy fights where he gets hit um, often, um, you know, uh, that's going to wear on you really hard. But I'm going to lean more that this is more on Price getting better as a fighter because he, like, he was like a straight up wild man in his early fights. Um, like he, he's still really relying on his dynan uh his dynamic violence and power. But um I don't think this is as bad uh, I don't think he's as unrefined as he was when he first fought um Luque, So
0: I'm like bro, that's, that's Nico Price, like that's that's a <laughs> that's a wild yeah. man. Like you can't just go into Nico Price like, Oh, I I got him out early the first time, so you know, second time it's gonna be a breeze. Like, no. Like... <laughs> That's that's a wild boy you're fighting. That that man is not gonna go away easily. Um, no, yeah, that that fight was fun. That was a. I'm glad that was on ESPN. I hope people who didn't, you know, maybe who don't normally watch UFC, that's a good fight to kick off a card, to to build up some, some hype. Unfortunately, the fight that followed it wasn't that great, but <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Um, but not that, that was that was great. Um. My my prelim spotlight, I'll, I'll do two. I'll try to remember those Cerone Pettis fight. I remember bits and pieces. Um, but first, <laughs> Alexi Olenek versus Fabricio Vadum. Uh, the other heavyweight fight that was on this card. Um, man, oh, man. Good, good old Olenek at like 48 years old, putting these hands on Fabricio. Um, <laughs> just walking forward, you know. Just throwing these these looping hands and then try to you know land and, land in the uppercut down the middle. It was just a fun old man. I was entertained. It, it was a fun old man scrap. Um, Olenek did though end up on the ground one too many times. Um, it, it was just a, it was just a weird old man fight. But I was entertained because there were a lot of hands being thrown. Um, I will say though, Verdum looks kind of done. He looks kind of fried. Yeah, no, he
1: is. <laughs> so I, I can't. I think it was Phil McKenzie on Twitter said um, something on the lines of, "It it was amazing watching this chubby Russian man just continually fail at Fabrice Verdum as Fabrice Verdum, <laughs> Verdum furiously tried to remember how the fight." <laughs>
2: that
0: was that was literally like eighty percent of the fight, like. Because it's not like Olinick's not like a great striker, so he's just kind of flailing these these strong overhands, and then Fabricio backs up, and then he throws some uppercuts, and it's just that, like, over and over, and then somebody tries to get somebody on the ground, and now we're... It's... <laughs> it was a wacky, just kind of heavyweight, you know. It was what a heavyweight fight is, man. You you know what you're getting with heavyweight. It, it ain't the most technical sound thing to watch, but it's it's heavyweight. It's... it's fun sometimes i enjoyed it i had a good time um but yeah fabrizio with doom he looks he has had better days i, I will say that much um, so shout out to Olinick, you got to split this yeah <laughs> and uh in the prelims was anthony pettis and cerrone in their rematch um i gotta give cerrone credit man i'll give both of them credit this, this was a fun fight i enjoyed this um cerrone's chin actually held up a lot better than i thought it would see he definitely ate a good number of shots um he ate he ate a body kick and didn't fold from it like the first time albeit it wasn't hard as that first one he caught some years ago but um i did notice that cerrone kept trying to do his little like forward blitz thing that he does and he got countered off of that a lot um but like i said his his chin held up a bit more than i thought it would um he did manage to land some takedowns on pettis even though he wasn't really able to they, they didn't really turn into much, but um, no, they had a fun a fun back and forth. I thought I thought it was a really a really competitive fight. Um, I just think Pettis, like I said, just at this point in his career has just a little more in the tank. Um, but it's not like Cerrone got blown out. Like he could have stole this fight, but I I think he just I don't know I don't know. I don't have like a super technical breakdown of this, other than it was a fun it was a fun scrap for them both, a fun little rematch. Yeah. And though Pettis did get away with that eye poke, he did because that wasn't poke. Uh, he did. <laughs> um,
1: I, I I don't remember this one in super fine detail because I was kind of in and out of know, this fight. Um, the one thing I noticed is that Pettis when he landed, you could see it on Cerrone's face.
0: Yeah, um, it hurt. Yeah, you could tell his 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 hits had way more power. Yeah.
1: Um, that, that, I think that was, like, the defining factor of the fight, um, 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 excuse me, I have something else, um, actually about this one, but it's gone. I I think this is, like, the proper fight these guys should be getting. Like, I know, I, I know Pettis won the first fight, um, by, uh, uh, by, like, knockout in, like, three minutes, but, like, that's. That, like, this is the type of rematch you want for them. Like, give the Pettis and Cerrone's of the world each other. Um, there are a few of them in this division. Like,
0: and I think I, I saw, I think it was on Twitter that uh, RDA was open to fighting Pettis. I was like, you know what?
2: Hey, I mean,
1: yeah, why 170, not? why not? Yeah, I, why not? I, yeah, like, R, like R, we don't know how shot RDA is, but, like, you know, he looked terrible against Kiesa, so he's he's... I think we're past him being a top um, fighter. So why not?
0: I just want to see him fight somebody who's not gonna grapple. Like, (laughs) give this man somebody who he can actually stand and trade with. Like, Uh, give give him one of them stress. I don't say stress free, but you know, God, get get a man a break. (laughs) Give the man a break.
1: I'm I'm definitely down for that fight. Yeah. Uh. But on. uh what else? What else? Um. Oh. I so would, I'm I'm gonna let you get your anger off because I'm gonna talk about um. Carla Esparza and Michelle Watterson, who had the world's spiciest uh, kickboxing <laughs> match. <laughs> they,
0: Social distancing was implemented. Uh, uh, yes.
1: Um. They were fighting from like six feet away despite both of them not being any taller than, like, 5'1". That's... I, was, I was talking. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Actually, I think I was like, 5'3", but you know what I mean. Like... Yeah. Uh, so, like, I was talking like, about friends. So, like, I thought this fight would be determined on I just decided, like, she would use her boxing to set up her wrestling, take Waterson down. Watterson would fight from the guard for, like, triangles and submissions and stuff. Um, Esparza would you know, land her little like ground-and-pound like hammer-fist dealios, and that would be enough for her to take two rounds and um, walk away with the decision. What I forgot is that Carla Esparza is also an outfighter, like Michelle Watterson is also an outfighter, despite both of them being two of the shortest women in this division. <laughs> um, they are completely reliant on being outside their opponent's range to like not take damage. So you get instances of or long stretches in this fight where they are just staring at each other from like five feet away, throwing strikes but not committing to them, or as far as trying to come in in close distance and catching like a kick because she's trying so, to come yeah, in from well, like five feet away.
0: She gets hit with a little side kick or, or... ah,
2: <laughs> I just.
0: Ugh. I feel like every time I watch Waterson fight I'm like I feel like you should be so much better than what I'm getting like I feel like this this can't be it like I remember watching her in Invicta and really enjoying her fights and I feel like since then like I feel like I just haven't seen like a lot of progress like it I feel like I'm getting the same thing over and over again
1: like I it's it... It's a product of being part of Jackson Winks. This is their style of fighting. This is like... This is what, at the end of the day, they want their fighters to do. They want, like... This is how Holly Holm fights. To the extent this is how John Jones fights. They they want them using long-range tools to keep their opponents at bay. And, like, you'll get the random switch-up with, like, the spinning back kick or whatever. But it's not... Conducive to like this type of fighting, you know what I mean? And like and in, in Invicta, like as far as didn't have to, not as far, um, Waterson didn't have to worry about like size differential too much. Um, I mean, like Jessica Pene, that was just a, a weird fight because Penne is like a long ass, like fucking um, 105er at the time, um, who's able to like reach Waterson, so that made for an exciting fight and you know, that she was able to get to the ground, but, like, as as far I was unable to take Watterson down, um, really struggled to commit to takedowns, really, um. It
0: was like she was scared of, like, getting caught with something. Well, like, like
1: it's that, and it's just, like, Watterson's used to being able to use her hands to get to the, to the double leg, right? She couldn't do that here, because any time she tried to, like, set anything up with her hands, um, as far as it would just count, uh, Watterson would just counter with a freaking, um, kick. So, as far as it was like, okay, I'm gonna just start diving on takedowns from four feet away. And ended uh, up in with like her pushing Watterson back into the cage, but Waterson being really able, uh, easily able to like fend off the, um, takedown attempt. Uh,
0: it's like Waterson, like, she. I feel like she should be mixing it up something Like she has a really, she has a good ground game. She has really good kicks, albeit uh, I feel like her hands aren't like the best. But I feel like she can be like a creative striker. I feel like she should just be mixing it up a, a lot more. And it's like I'm watching like,
2: like what are you I doing? Like <laughs> her, her grappling.
0: And it's like why don't you? And I get it. Like as far as a you know good wrestler, so you you don't but it's just, it it feels so flat, like, (laughs) like, I watch her fight, and I'm like, I know this isn't all you can do, what are they teaching you in this gym, it's it's not working, like, it's not, I don't know, man, I want to throw something, (laughs) I don't, I don't get it, like, I don't, I should have probably lost hope a long time ago. Because at this point, like, nothing's really changed. Like, we've... As long as she stays in that gym, I think we've gotten what we're going to get out yep. of. her. And told she breaks that mold somehow, like, this is just it. We're going to get some side kicks, we'll step in front kicks. If we're lucky, we'll get to see some grappling. But, like, it's... Just, I just want to see her just take the fight.
2: Like, just... <laughs>
0: Like we were talking about with Cater, like, you, she she did even worse. Well, she just kind of, just well, both of them did it. We just kind of just sitting there. But at least as far as even though the takedowns weren't pretty, you know, she's lunging in from, like, eight feet out. But, like, at least she's trying to, like, push forward and, like, engage. And it's like,
2: she's
0: just sitting there and
1: she's not doing. Like, I I thought, ah. I, I <laughs> like, I picked Sparsa to win, and I thought Watterson did enough to get the decision, but at the same time, like, it's not a good look when you start, like, ball, like curling up into a ball and, like, running away. Like, she did in the yeah. third round when Asparza decided that she was just not going to give a fuck and uh, chase her, at, chase after her. So, um, no, uh, like, I, I can't be too upset about the decision, um. But yeah,
0: yeah I, yeah, I thought I thought Waterson won, but it was one of those fights where like I was so not happy with like the performance that I was like, you know what? If they say you lost, I'm not gonna argue, man. It's like you just didn't do yourself enough favors, like. Yep. Yeah.
1: I mean, like it's... we had. I feel like we had to talk about Sparza for a second. Um. Like so, she is. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and four in the UFC, right? Okay. Yep. Okay. So I thought she beat Claudia Godella. Um in their fight. And I don't remember the Marcos fight, but that was also a split decision. So there's an argument that Carlos Barza should be nine and two right now in the UFC. She is probably still not anywhere near title contention is she
0: mm. yeah you throw her in there against that top like three
1: i mean you say that but she beat rose i, I mean i think i i'm 100 percent would pick rose in a rematch
2: yeah
1: <laughs> but like if i'm her i'm that's i think like, i like I don't know what her goal is. Like I don't know if she's trying to get back to a title or if she's just trying to make another paycheck. Um, but if I'm her, I'm making some noise about that. Like I'm like I beat uh the number two woman on the ranking thing. I got Rob versus Claudia Gadell. If you don't believe right, me, I want to look-
0: make that noise because they are like, all right, all right, you did all that. Go go fight on Drag.
1: Have fun. And then she would try to get Andrade to fight um somebody else. Because that's what she does. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> like, if if I'm her, I'm like, you know, I try to hang my my hat on the fact that I beat Rose Namajunas and, and try to get that rematch. Or, or, um, you know, try to get a rematch with Quagadilla.
0: I mean, I, I wouldn't be mad at the, the Rose rematch. Well, once Rose, you know, because I know she's got a lot going on right yeah. now. But, um you know when, when 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 all that you know kind of simmers down and she, she can get back into the fight game I wouldn't be mad at that match I think that's a good that's a good return for uh match for Rose. she gets the chance to avenger win um it's a fight that I think she'd be able to showcase her skills It's a fight that I, I think she should win um so you, you know you get to avenger loss you get to showcase your skills and then as far as albeit performances aren't always impressive. I, I won't rag on her too much, though. Because her, her last couple fights, she's done better than I thought she would. Like, I've, I've been picking against her, and she's been proving me wrong. So, I, I won't rag on her too much. She's earned her spot to kind of get a fight like that again. So, I I, I like that matchup. That, that would be cool. But, Watterson, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know, man. But... Those were the uh, ESPN prelims. Just to recap, uh, Anthony Pettis got the decision over Donald Cerrone. Alexei Olenek got the split decision over uh, Fabrizio Verdun. Carlos Sparza got the split decision over Michelle Waterson. and Vicente Luque uh, defeated Nico Price via Dr. stoppage. And the fight pass prelims, so just skip over these, uh, Bryce Mitchell got a decision win over Charles Rosa, in which he went for 80,000 submissions. And Ryan Spann got a win over Sam Alvey and a 205 kickboxing match that i'm happy that span won because i root for the lfa guys but it was not the best performance which he agrees with he, he wasn't too happy with it afterwards either so hopefully he can go back and improve but it is what it is but that was ufc 249 um overall it was a pretty it was a it was a good card like from those espn prelims up so like the, the fight pass prelims it were 50 50 first fight yeah the Bryce Mitchell and Rosa fight was fun, a lot of transitions and grappling and all that crazy stuff going on. Bryce Mitchell won for eighty thousand twisters and twenty thousand arm triangle chokes, <laughs> and you know from the from the ESPN prelims up, man, it was a lot of it was a lot of good action, a lot of good moments. Um, Price and Luke showed out, gave us the violence we wanted. Verdu and Olenek had a fun old man fight. Pederson Cerone put on a good scrap. The main card outside of Hardy and DeCastro. Pretty much delivered on all cylinders. Cater with the brutal elbow. And Ganu with the murder. <laughs> Cejudo, you know, knee and knee and cruise to another life. And Justin he just putting a clinic on Ferguson. It was, it was a lot of quality violence uh, going around. So that was UFC 249. If you missed it, didn't get a chance to watch, go back, check it out, man. There was, was actually a lot of good action. Um, it'll give you a, a nice, I guess, sports fix if you're one of those people who just been itching to watch something. Um that that'll fill a void for you for, for a little bit. And then, you know, obviously you get to get what's coming on next week, which uh go ahead and jump ahead to that. So uh next week, um, like I said, the next podcast is gonna be we're kinda rounding down uh this this, this uh this Dojo Talk podcast experience. So uh next week hopefully if I can get myself some notes in order, establish some kind of flow to the episode even though we'll probably just be shooting from the hip but uh on the 13th we got Glover to share versus Anthony Smith coming up and then on the 16th uh, another card with Overeem versus Harris I do want to highlight the Overeem versus Harris card though there actually are some good fights on here um you got Harrison Overeem uh good uh, Claudia Gedalia and Angela Hill Edson Barboza and Dan Ike uh Eric Anders and Christoph Jaco Marlon Vera versus Sanga Dong which is Probably like my most anticipated that's a wild I like that I like that fight a lot. Um that's a good fight. You got Giga uh Chikazzi versus Mike Davis. Um there's some good fights on here. Matt Brown's on the card, Kevin Holland's on the card against Anthony Hernandez, uh, Darren Elkins versus Nate Landwehr. Courtney Casey, Mar uh Romero Barella, uh and Dante Mays versus Rodrigo Nascimento for here Um this is I think this is a pretty good card for a fight night card. I like this one. Um But like I said, next podcast, we'll just kind of combine these cards into two. We'll just kind of pick out moments here and there that kind of stood out to us. And then we'll, uh, you know, kind of just shoot from the hip from there. But there are fights coming up, so you guys will be able to get your fix. Um, And then even uh, going on to May 23rd, you got uh, another UFC fight night with Woodley versus Gilbert Burns. And then also on that card... Alright, I ain't, there ain't a lot going on yet. Hannah Cyphers and Mackenzie Dern, McGoy <laughs> Avanov versus Augusto Sakai and Klitson Abreu versus Jamal Hill. Um so that, that car's still filling out. But I like the Burns and Woodley fight. Good I'm I'm glad Burns is getting like a, a marquee fight. I think he's he's earned it. Um So there are fights coming up. If you've been itching for a sports fix, uh the UFC has you covered. Don't know about how safe it'll be, but you're at home, so guess you ain't got to worry about it but it's you know fights will fight fights are coming fights are coming at least as of now we we don't know what'll happen in the future i hope everybody from this card is okay i hope jocker is doing good um i hope everybody can stay safe as best they can out there dealing with the situation but uh that's what we got upcoming next week uh so, uh you got anything else before we close out the episode? Nah. Any upcoming anything else going on?
1: Um yeah, just stay home. Take care of yourself, take care of your family. Um remember to eat, drink water, breathe, you know, the essentials.
0: There you go. Definitely drink water. Definitely drink water. Well, Guess uh, close out parting shots. Shout outs. Um, I don't know. We have enough darkness in the beginning of this episode. I'm not going to do any shots. Try to end on a positive note. Um, so I will send uh, shout outs to my all time favorite fighter, George St. Pierre, who got uh, inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame yesterday in the modern wing. Um, I mean, you're, if you know GSP, still man. Welterweight champ for the longest left the sport for, like, forever, came back, beat up Michael Bisping, got that belt, then disappeared again, (laughs) but, um, nah, man, GSP is my all-time favorite fighter, he's one of the guys who really got me into the sport, um, to me, I I still believe he's probably, like, the most complete fighter, like, if you were building a prototype for a fighter, you, you would want it to be, like, GSP, um, Names on the record, like, you guys know the resume, man. Matt Hughes, BJ Penn, John Fitch, Tiago Alfez. He jabbed Jock face-off. Carlos Condit, Nick Diaz, Johnny Hendricks. I know y'all still salty about that fight. I don't care. <laughs> he beat Johnny Hendricks. Submitted Michael Bisbing. Like, what else you can say, man? G-G-S- Jake Shields. The, the, the man, he, he, he's the GOAT to me. He's still the GOAT to me. To me, he's, he's the greatest fighter ever, in my opinion. But I'm I won't get into argument about that. But congrats to GSP man, uh, inducted in the Hall of Fame, definitely well deserved. Um, go back and watch some GSP fights, man. That that man made, he made a lot of really great fighters look incredibly average. Um, he was just he was just really really good, man. I, I can't really put it into words. Pr- Prime GSP was a he, he was a he was a different beast, man. That guy was that guy was a different beast. Um, so shout outs to George St. Pierre, and uh, continued shout out to ESPN for this Michael Jordan documentary, uh, Last Dance. Like I said, man, Sunday nights has is, is really been the move for me. Um, they're dropping two episodes a so it'll be back on tonight. Well, as of this recording, by the time you guys hear this, it'll already have passed. But you can still go back and watch it. But really good documentary, man, highlighting that Bulls run highlighting their three-peat and everything that was going on during that time. It's cool seeing the stories of Dennis Rodman and how much they hated the... the the rivalry between the Bulls and the Pistons and how much everybody hated Isaiah Thomas. Like, it's a fun documentary, man. I like it. I like it, man. A lot of it is information that I I knew already. There were a couple of new things I didn't know that they, they showed, but it's still just been really fun to watch, man. Um... Really good documentary. I'm actually kind of going to be sad when that's over. I've really been looking forward to that, like, every Sunday night. It's, it's been really fun to watch. So, uh, shout-outs to that documentary. Um, yeah, and shout out to you guys. If you're listening, I appreciate you. Like I said, man, this, this podcast is winding down. By the end of the month, this will be all, be all wrapping up in a nice little bow. Um, but I appreciate you guys who have been listening. Um, you know. Hope you're staying safe out there, and uh, you know we'll, we'll keep on rolling until this is officially over. Uh, any uh shots shout outs, outs anti cool before we get out of here?
1: Shout out to moms. Um, you know, thanks for the life. Um, you know, just in general. <clears throat> um, and um, you know, just. It, You're stuck working in a grocery store somewhere. Shouts to you. Um, I know all the um the empty-fisted uh freaking appreciations probably are grating when you don't get paid enough for this shit, but really appreciate it.
0: Definitely, yeah. You guys are literally uh, y'all are literally like the only thing that are (laughs) that's holding this together. Because, boy, yeah, nah, like the Antico said, definitely, definitely appreciate it, man. Y'all are, uh, I know it ain't the best circumstances, but uh, nah, you, you guys are really, really, really putting in the work and really, really holding things together. So definitely, definitely appreciate you guys. And definitely shout-outs to all the moms. Happy Mother's Day. By the time you hear this episode, will have passed, but I hope you had a good Mother's Day, if you are a mother listening to this podcast. um, But, yeah, that's about it. Well, as always, give this podcast a listen. SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all that good stuff. Send questions to DojoTalkPodcast at yahoo.com. Hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook, as well as the Instagram page. Follow me on Twitter and Twitch where I have been streaming lately at SerialSensei. And you can follow my co host on Twitter at GC Zeus. So, as always, man, happy Mother's Day you guys stay safe uh stay clean out there and as always anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face we will be there to talk about it and until next time we will catch you guys later